probably be dead. It's The Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Welcome to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com, loaded down with keywords that are worth $1,000. 12 times a day on Rock 106.9, you get a keyword. You text it in, you have a shot at $1,000 Well, pay a couple of your bills off. There's no reason to hide the information. You'll get those words from us this morning at 710, 810, and 10:10. Those are our three. Teresa takes over after 11. She'll give you more opportunities. Tony and I, like I said, will pass out the very first one at 710 this morning. There's so much to get to today. Obviously, we got episodes five and six of the Jordan uh, documentary, The Last Dance, Chicago Bulls documentary, however you want to frame that. I think it's one and the same thing there. Right. Um, You know, whatever is Jordan is the Bulls and vice versa there. And we got episodes five and six last night. I did stay up and watch them. um, And we're going to talk Michael Jordan and play you some audio from those a couple of different times this morning. As a matter of fact, as early as 6.30. I am going to uh, play a piece of audio of something that happened in there last night. And I tweeted about this, and nobody picked up, picked up on my tweet or really or this. I was like, oh, this must be a me thing. And I think I may be looking to make a mountain out of a molehill about something I saw in the documentary last night in episode five. I talked to Tony before the show started. You have not seen these yet. No, I'll watch them this afternoon when I get home. From, All right, well, uh, you're going to get a lot of spoiler alerts. Eh. <laughs> a lot of spoilers today as I'm going to be playing a lot of audio from it. And here's the thing. You know how the story ends. It's not like, you know right. what I mean? It's not like there's going to be anything maybe you did not know in there. It's just a, it is an enjoyable watch. And it was an enjoyable watch. Um, you know, now I know Ken Burns, you and I talked about this uh, last week. On the program, a uh, famous uh, documentary filmmaker had said, look, I would never do a documentary the way this is done. I would never um, give people creative control the way that it has been given to Jordan and things like that. And uh, and it was so funny to read that quote from him last week because I think it was like three days before I read that quote. I had said, we are now making movies and calling them documentaries. I remember growing up watching documentaries. I was like, dude, this is boring. I might as well read. And like, <laughs> I mean, that's, I remember thinking that. Now, part of that is, as I've also gotten older and I have an appreciation of knowledge and information that I did not have as a child, right? There's right. obviously some of that too. Um, but I, I do think that we're watering down the definition of words. You know what I mean? Documentary's mm-hmm. not the first one, but it's right. definitely, I, I, you know, it's another example and a long list of. Um, but I do have a ton of this Jordan audio. We will get to it, like I said, as early as 6.30 this morning. I think I, maybe I'm making too big a deal out of something, but I thought it was something, and I was like, God, uh, I'll take something a today's athlete could never get away with for $100, Alex. Like, that is, <laughs> wow. Could you? And it's not the gambling. We are going to oh. talk about that. We will, again, talk about the gambling. Like I said, we'll do that around 8.30. I did have a pretty good weekend, though. Dude, I got out there a couple of different times this I weekend. saw the uh, I saw the Instagrams there where uh, yeah. you were hitting the ball pretty well. Yeah, Saturday. A couple of really close shots there. Dude, my buddy Mike um, hit me up and was like, yo, man, we need to get out. Let's go play golfing. And, uh, you know, Mike's been working probably more than he normally does now. He works at a restaurant, but they're doing curbside. Oh. And he says, he's like, dude, it, it's Giordano's in um, Bilton Village, like deep dish Chicago pizza. And, uh, you know, he works there. And... He says, he's like, our curbside business is through the roof right now. He's like, he's like, you know, we're not really slowing down all that much. He's like, don't get me wrong. I want to open the doors. I want to get all my people back in here working when it's safe. Right. You know what I mean? He's like, but no, man, we've been humming. And so, like, he kind of needed a break. So, Saturday, we went out with a couple of his buddies. And uh, we played. And, yeah, man, Mike's really good. Like, he shoots, I mean, I think Saturday he shot 74, 75 maybe. Um, and uh, so, he's pretty good. 
I'm not quite as good, but I did have a couple of shots. Like I almost hold out from like 120 yards for an eagle. That's two under. Nice. I don't know if Tony knows that. I do. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I yeah, do. you do. You watch like I the got, Masters I, and I, things I, like that. I, I dabble in golf enough to be just <laughs> well, enough to be dangerous. I better get boned up on it because he talks about it until, he, until the rest of us want to puke. So I better. <laughs> I better learn a little bit about it. go that far, but you know, sure. And so then yesterday I got back out again, and, uh, and the course was crowded. I mean, they're, they're looking for people to get out there. And you could tell a lot of it was just, we just need to be out of the house. Right. Not necessarily golfers. Um, and so I got teamed up with a, uh, with a group of people. Now, everybody had their own cart. Made but good. I, but I had never met these people before. And, uh, and so I, I, I'll take you through the full range of Stansbury emotions. All right. Because first, like, I get through the first hole and I'm behind them. I get to the second hole and they're all waiting on the tee box. And I was like, all right, they're going to let a single play through. That's normally what you do, right? Mm-hmm. And they say to me, like, why don't you just play with us? These guys in front of us are pretty slow. And I was like, uh, well, I can't say no, because then if I say no and I'm behind you, then I do have to wait every last minute. Otherwise, it looks like I'm trying to play up you after you've just asked me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and then there's a little bit, you don't, when people say just play through and they're waiting on the tee box, it's a rule. We saw it happen yesterday. We let somebody go through us, and sure enough, the guy topped his tee shot. Like, that's what happens. Like, Jeez. the moment, yeah. And so nobody really wants to do that either. So mm-hmm. I was like, ah, yeah, fine, I'll play with you guys, right? And at first I was like, oh, God, this sucks. Like, I just, you know, A, people <laughs> I don't know, it's slower, they're a little older, and things like that. But I honestly, you know, I texted Jen and she was like, you know, why don't you just like not be a ball of hate for like three hours and just like see what happens? Maybe it, it'll be okay, right? I love the fact that she called you a ball of hate. Oh, dude, the, the amount. <laughs> yes, no, she's got a lot of terms for me being a psycho, and uh, <laughs> she's got a lot. I was like, honey, they. Good. I was like, honey, they have names for it. She's like, yeah, but they sound mean. And I was like, All right, anyway, ball of hate sounds perfectly fine. Though. So you know, she's like, just you know, you're just. We you just relax and just like not ruin stuff before you even do it and just will you just see just let enjoyment in dan like let i just hear, yeah i hear that from her all so the time good. let the enjoy there's you know there's inspiration all around you like she's one of those you know yeah. and um but she ended up being right i ended up making five friends we ended up uh, having a great time all laughing and joking by the end of it and i gotta tell you dude i played pretty good like nice. on the front it wasn't great but I ended up shooting 80 on the number yesterday, which was not bad, not too bad there. I'll take it. I had a, I had a pretty good weekend. How was, how was your weekend? Your boy is sunburned over here, dude. I got sunburned yesterday, too. Dude, I, I, was, I forgot that was a thing. I got, I was, I was, uh, the kids were out in the backyard playing yesterday on the swings and everything, running around. I'm like, your boy's going to take a shirt off and catch some rays oh, right yeah. now. Dude, my chest is on fire right now. Yeah, you had to be like pasty white, right? Oh, dude, it was glow. It was reflective. I've never seen you without a hoodie on it. <laughs> Well, no, like, well, that's who you are. I, well, I got the hoodie on now just because it's like comfortable in here yeah. for a hoodie. But once the temperature spikes and goes all Jekyll and Hyde, I'll take the hoodie off. Nice. Dude, my arms are like, they're a little red right now. My chest is on fire. I got home from the golf course yesterday and I, I don't know what I did, but I like actually hit my arm like with my hand or something. Just simple like that. And I was like, Jesus, why does that hurt so bad? Yeah. And I looked down, I was like, is my skin pink? And like... <laughs> I completely had forgotten that the sun is a thing that and the it sun's will a thing. You. Right, that the sun is a thing because, you know, we're just not outside as much right now. Well, as that, the weather has sucked. Yeah, the weather has been pretty. That's another reason why I did it. Yeah. I mean, I, it started, I had turned the air conditioning on in my house yesterday. I haven't gone that far. Dude, it was like, se- dude, it was like 72 degrees. I was like, all right, I, uh, dude, your boy's sweating in here. I'm, uh, dude, I'm, uh, a little uh, sweaty. I, dude, I, I'm a sausage. Like, I, got, dude, I got the sweat coming off me. It was not good. I was sitting, I took a shower and I went, oh my God, why does my skin hurt? And I looked down and I went, 
odd sunburn. Yeah, I took a shower this morning and I like was like uh, gingerly putting the water around my neck. I was like, uh, uh, uh. yeah. I, That's I, why your boy doesn't go outside. I had completely forgotten that sunburn was a thing. There's so much to get to this morning. Like I said, keywords that are worth a thousand dollars. We got murder hornets. Scott from Winning for Next Year will join us. Oklahoma's reversing their whole plan on the face mask thing because people turned violent. Of course. Jeez. Oh my God. So much to get to. Here's what's next on the Stansberry Show. We'll start with Michael Jordan, though. Something happened in this documentary last night, and again, I know people are probably going to get sick of the LeBron v. Michael conversations that come out of these documentary series. All right. But he did something on a global stage that if LeBron or anybody else did this, especially now, would be crucified. And I think maybe even rightfully so. Oh, Jordan got a pass. Where I, Daniel John Stansberry, believed he did not deserve one. All right. That next on Rock 1069. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. First keyword worth 1,000 bucks. We'll do it 710 right after playing you some audio from the governor himself, Mike DeWine, was on ABC kind of talking about, uh, you know, the Ohio guidelines and how it's playing politically. I'll save most of my take there for seven o'clock, but. You know, I, uh, I'm getting a little tired of, you know, conservatives think this and, you know, uh, you know, Democrats think this. And it's like, dude, we're, you know, what do human beings think? Like, let, let's get back to talking about us that way. Right. Right. We're all on the planet together. There's more that unites us than divides us. I don't know what the hell I'm positive about. Wow. <laughs> Did you get laid this weekend? No. Sex? No. No. Bro, honestly, oh. I almost want to put the counter on. Like, I. <laughs> well, I figured you were all pot. You were all positive and everything, and your golf game was on fire. Thought something may happen then. Uh, no, I didn't do. Maybe the universe tell me, like, bro, are you sure we need Jed, bro? Like, <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Yes, 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 yes you I do. think. Honey, I, she's probably on her way to work right now. Honey, I'm kidding. No, honestly, man, she works Saturday and Sunday. She was oh, in the office. Right on. You know what I mean? Like, she, dude, that poor woman. And I know, dude, I shouldn't like harp on this a lot because I know a lot of you have people in your lives who this is true of. I know she's not alone. But I mean, like her, the amount of hours that woman has been putting in is like twice what she normally does, which was already too much. I mean, and she's a little like me, kind of have to drag her away from it. Yeah. She'll die on the cross of hard work. Like she, she will. And uh, so I, even I've been telling her, I'm like, honey, I'm like, I'm the, I was like, honey, I was passing a kidney stone live on the air and they had to drag me off the air to go to the hospital. That's who I am. I was like, and I'm telling you, you need to start putting your foot down and start stepping away just a little bit more. I was like, you can't keep this pace, you know? And then you go home and tell your wife what to do and see yeah. how it works. <laughs> but let, me, let, let me tell you. I found out the hard way on that one. Didn't I learn that lesson the hard way. Jeez. The Bulls documentary is, uh, well, it's taking over television because it's the only sports thing on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael Jordan, one of the most you know uh, fascinating figures of all time. Something happened in this documentary series last night. It was episode five. I was watching it live, actually, last night in bed. I couldn't sleep, and so I was watching it anyway. And something happened with the Dream Team. And everybody thinks I'm gearing up to talk about Isaiah Thomas, and I'm not. Uh, Mike and Magic and a couple other guys had some issues with Isaiah Thomas. They kept him off the team. I don't really care. I think Isaiah fit the criteria, like he said himself. But, you know, at the end of the day, who Mike wants, Mike gets. And, you know, I kind of know how the world works. Right. I don't really care. So, moving forward. 
So they win, right? And right. Scott and I were uh, from WaitingForNextYear.com. We were texting back and forth during the documentary last night because he really got like wrapped up in the Dream Team part of that docuseries. He was like, man, he's like, that whole thing just wrapped me up as a kid. I fell in love with that. And he really, through to- his tweets, kind of made me realize like, yeah, man, I remember having like a Dream Team t-shirt and I remember wanting the jerseys and like it did. It like totally sucked you into that moment. Um, we weren't used to seeing the professionals be on the Olympic stage like that. Right, that was one of the first times that happened, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I believe so. And so like, it, it was like a very special moment. And then now you got Mike and Magic together and Larry and the commercials. You get McDonald's in there and you work their marketing magic. And like it all just turned out great, right? Right. So they win. They win the gold medal. And later on in the program, we're going to talk about Michael's very famous quote of, well, you know, Republicans buy shoes, too. And, he, you know, he didn't want to, you know, necessarily stump for a, uh, you know, a Democratic, <clears throat> you know, politician. And he famously said, I'm not I don't view myself that way. And we're going to get to that audio later on. But in a roundabout way, Michael Jordan made a very political statement. And. A very financial statement after winning the gold medal in the Olympics. And I was like, I had either A, not known this, or B, had forgotten it. But I tweeted about it last night because I was like, oof, dude, how's that play now? And it didn't seem to get the reaction I thought. So I was like, well, maybe I'm making too much of a deal out of this. So here's what happened. David Stern kind of sets this up. Here's what happened. Oh, you got to turn the machine on, you big dummy. Welcome to Monday, Russ. The team won the 92 Olympics. And then Michael decided that he didn't want to display the Reebok logo that was on his uniform. Because, you know, they all had, like, uniforms they were going to wear on on the stage and all that. And Reebok paid a ton of money to have the athletes draped in this. And they weren't stupid. They knew Michael was on the Dream Team and probably going to win. And he's a Nike athlete. And they were like, oh, you know what Nike will hate? Watch this. And, like, that's exactly what that was. That's exactly part of what that was. Michael was so singular in his competitive drive. And a drive that extended to his partners like Nike. See, now we're giving him credit for that. We're giving him credit for dragging Nike Mm -hmm. into a competitive fight that maybe Phil Knight didn't necessarily want to be in on a global stage. That he could not bear the thought of wearing the Reebok logo on a global stage. So again, this is personal now. This isn't like a thing. This is just Michael like looking to be personal. He's got it out for everybody. It's because these guys, guys like he, Tiger Woods, I'm going to throw Tom Brady in here, create enemies in their mind, chips yeah, you gotta have the conti- chip on the shoulder. to continue chasing stuff. Yes. Receiving a gold medal at the Olympics. So he covered the Reebok logo up with the United States flag. Michael Jordan draped in the American flag. It was extraordinary. Again, she calls it extraordinary. In the American flag. It was extraordinary. And you hear Marvell. Yeah. Not solely for patriotic reasons. Bro, the flag? Using the flag to push your agenda. Wrapping, dude, false patriotism to save money? Bro, if LeBron, (laughs) I mean, dude, the world would melt down. Oh, it would have melted down if that were LeBron or anyone else. Remember when Kawhi did that with Gatorade? Like they don't. They had had a um. 
they had he did like a post game press conference and they had it was one of the sports drinks, you know, on the thing. And he took it and moved it off of the table. And they go, why did you do that? And he goes, they don't pay me. Oh, yes. Yeah. Again, he was like saying, look, if you want me to stand right. next to this product. then so It's like, I'm sure that I the, do remember the that NBA now, yes. corporate sponsor of Gatorade loved the fact that you just took it and moved it off of the table. I have always said... One of the things I've always said about the word offensive is that I just don't love it, but one of the things I do find offensive, and I do find this offensive, is stolen valor. Like, if you tell somebody you served in the military and you didn't, honestly, dude, I think we should be able to put bars of soap in a, like, pillowcase and beat you with it all day. That is an awful, awful, awful thing. Those people made a real sacrifice, whether they came back with all their limbs or not, they made a real sacrifice to their country, and you should not, like, try to, like, you know, elbow in on that to get a piece of ass on a Friday night. Yeah, That's stolen disgusting. valor is pretty awful. That's pretty disgusting. I'm going to equate this to that a little bit. Really? Yeah, there's a little bit of like, dude, don't run to patriotism. Like, I know you just want a gold medal for the country. And look, do I think Michael Jordan hates America? No, that's not what I'm saying. But using the flag... To protect your Nike money is a little gross, right? Yeah, but I don't think a lot of people probably picked up on it back in 91, 92. Okay, or this whenever. was another reason yeah. to have the conversation, if I'm going to be fully honest. And, I, and I'm happy you brought that up. This was another reason. It's because I wanted to have that examination. Is this really an issue? Should it be an issue? Or have I now, through what my position is and the decade in which I'm living, have I been forced now to kind of been like, well, dude, everything's kind of an issue, right? That ain't right. Well, I mean, no, I don't look at that guy over there. You're not necessarily wrong. I mean, even Marv Albert in the clip says not I mean, it so, was addressed. It was addressed. Yeah. But it was kind of like a little off-handed comment there. It wasn't like, well, here's why Michael's doing it, and they didn't go into it. People probably went, what? And don't get me wrong. <laughs> Dude, the American flag draped around Michael Jordan's great TV. Right. I mean, don't, I mean, it's great TV. Like he was smart about it, at least, that he used the American flag so you couldn't overly criticize it. If he would have just put like a piece of black masking tape over it. Oh, see, but that's the point I'm making, is that I believe I can I can more overly criticize but, it because of the fabric you chose to yeah, use Yeah, but back it. in the 90s, you were like, oh. It wasn't the conversation. No, it wasn't, that wasn't well, the conversation. Nobody would have ever thought about it then. Right. Nobody would have ever been like, dude, he's just covering up Reebok. Like right. it, it would have just been like, dude, that guy loves America. He just won. Exactly. Look, he loves America. The guy loves so America, loves okay. America so much. All right. So again, I'm just looking to examine it from all angles. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying there is, is that it ended up being okay because we did, we were apathetic. Yes. Back then, it would have been a no make social media. Make apathy great again, right? Like make like, apathy great again. Like there was no social media back then, so nobody would have even said anything. And again, we kind of talk about this all the time on the show. Is that what's one of the things social media does? Is it keeps conversations hovering? It amplifies yeah, it. Yeah, keeps so, them hovering. Yeah, Marv Albert's little offhanded comment. That was probably all you got out of that right there. I mean, and you went, uh, okay. You just kind of went. Yeah, that. I, but that's Mike. That's I, Mike being Mike. I just saw that last night in that documentary, Tony, and I was like, you know what, dude? This is a blip for Michael, and it won't even be a blip for Michael today. Not even close. It won't even. But it would be for today's athlete. Oh, dude, it, imagine if James Harden did that. Just yeah. imagine if James Harden or Russell Westbrook or, or LeBron or any of the other NBA. Imagine if an NFL player did that. Okay, well, and now again, now we're going to talk about this part of it later. The you know the Republicans buy shoes yeah. too, and I'm not a, a politician. I view myself as an athlete. That, that I got all those quotes. We're going to play them all again later. Um, but but I'd be crazy not to bring that point up right now to say this. Is that maybe why he got away with it too? Though probably is that you know uh, even if we agree with what somebody preaches to us. 
We kind of get sick of hearing it. Mike was always Mike always kept that stuff behind closed doors. Mike kind of knew, like, dude, what you want from me is to dunk from the foul line and smile. Like, right. you don't really want anything else from me. You'll lie and say you do, but you don't really want it because once I start doing it, I'll become less popular. Exactly. Mike totally understood that back in the day, and that's why he said, famously, Republicans buy shoes, too. I'm going to give Michael Jordan the same quote that I gave the president in the 2016 election. He's got a shot, dude, because I think he understands us better than we understand him. I mean, that was Michael understanding us better than we understood him. Here's what's next on The Stansberry Show. Get ready for your nerd voters to come out. Pants getting tight. Jeez. Next on the Stansberry Show. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Anthony listening uh, writes in and says, Dude, Stansberry, I love how your girlfriend refers to you as a ball of hate. Like your little pet name. Yeah. Some, some people call him Honey. Some call him Schmoopy. See, you're the little ball of hate. You see, you all are focusing on the hate. I'm focusing on the ball. Why I gotta be round, woman? <laughs> Did she just call you fat? Oh, why am I round? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Not a fan of that. That's actually funny. It's coming up at 7 o'clock. Your opportunity keyword worth $1,000. I do want to make people aware of this, though. Uh, If you don't know, the deadline is actually fast uh, approaching on this. If you did not file a tax return last year and you have kids under the age of 17, you need to act now if you're looking to get that $500 economic impact payment per child. I know there's a lot of people who need this money right now. Make sure to get this done by tomorrow, May 5th to get your payments in this year of 2020. Go to irs.gov and enter your information in the non-filer tool by, again, Tuesday, tomorrow, May 5th, that being. All right, got that out of the way there for you. All right, I had completely forgotten about something until I walked in the studio this morning and saw what Tony was wearing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's got the Kenobi Skywalker, like, uh, politician shirt. Kenobi Skywalker 2020, the you're our only shirt. hope. What would That would be a good ticket. I also have a Vader Palpatine shirt. Oh, I like that one better. Although I feel like we're living in that one. <laughs> so, like, 2020's been a weird year, man. I, uh, But it is Star Wars Day, May 4th. And Disney Plus giving us a few new things today, right? Uh, yes. I, so I get, the, uh, I get the Mandalorian docuseries today, right? Yep. And you also get the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one myself. I actually um, I got caught up in some documentaries over the weekend. Um, and I watched, I don't know, the glove of power. I think it was called and it was about the Nintendo power glove. The Nintendo power glove was legit back in the day. Like that's how bored I got was to watch that. It sucked. And then, uh, it did. That movie sucked. Um, but then I watched plastic galaxy, which was about, um, the star Wars toys boom. Oh, back in the day in the seventies and stuff with Kenner, you know, a local company out of Cincinnati. And that whole thing bid on it and got it because nobody wanted it because nobody knew what the hell w- what this was going to be. Like, you just didn't do this then. Right. Right? And so, like, I was and I was like, oh, yeah, man, that's right. Rise of comes out tomorrow. And I saw it in the theater just the one time. Um, and I'm very, I can't wait to watch it again today. I'm to- it's totally part of my plan. I, um, and I, I just find this so funny because, you know, everybody tells me I hate everything. Which I did watch something else on Netflix over the weekend that I hated. Den of Thieves with Gerard Butler. Oh my God, fifty cents in there for some God knows why. Only knows why reason. It was awful. All I mean, right, COVID, oh, wrap it up. We've run out of Netflix. I mean, dude, bro, that movie was awful bad. I didn't even finish it. Jeez. Um, no, it was really bad. Um, I think I'm just out on action flicks. Although I'm waiting for Rise of Skywalker today. But I That's did a see, Star Wars movie. But I saw it in the theater, and I. 
it was the wrapping up of a story that I've had in my life forever. Like, mm-hmm. um, when I was a kid growing up, we weren't allowed to go to the movie theater. Like, I wasn't allowed to listen to my records openly. I wasn't allowed to go to the movie theater. Dude, I lived in Footloose. Like, people don't realize, dude, the 80s was nuts. My father was a minister. It was Footloose. Not quite that extreme, but closer than I wanted it to be when I was a kid. The first time I ever watched Empire Strikes Back was at my buddy John Svoboda's house, who I'm still friends with to this day, who actually runs a great, great store that sells these kinds of things Mm. that you would like. He has those Funkos, uh, the child, by the way. I'm going to hit him up for one. Nice. Um, but the first time I ever saw it was at his house as a kid, and I fell in love with the story since then. And um, and so I've had it in my life forever. Like if it was from as early on as like f- having to fight to kind of see it, yeah. and then like taking it on and the fandom of it. Um, we all kind of like watched stuff to go to bed. I think it was like three years straight earlier on when I was younger. I watched Empire Strikes Back every night going to bed. It was like the movie I fell asleep to. I like I just love this story. So I got caught in, caught up in it um, when when Jen and I went and saw this one in the theater. I was like, man, like this is. Wrapping up of, well, a four decade saga. Right. <laughs> like a four decade saga because, um, and I always love this about this. Star Wars actually came out on my birthday. The first one? I was one years old. Wow. Yeah, I was born in 76. The movie came out in 77, but it came out on my birthday. Nice. And so, yeah, the two greatest things the world's ever known wow. uh, came out. You know, that's, that, you know, so astrology, what's your sign? I, uh, even though I don't buy into that stuff at all. But, like, I can't wait for this because I, I really want to see it again. You know, I started talking about how everybody says I hate everything. But I like two of the f- three new Star Wars movies. It's I think that's a, a, that's a pretty good track right Dude, if it were baseball, you'd have a good night. Yeah. Two be, out of three. It's not bad. Right. I'd be averaging pretty good. You'd be doing all right there. Show. Got some audio from Mike DeWine about government involvement and shutdowns and what it means and what it means politically, how it's playing against both party lines and the like. And I really wish we would stop breaking things down that way. And we'll address that as an issue. Also give you a keyword worth $1,000. Stick around. We'll do it all next right here on Rock 106. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 6-9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Keywords worth $1,000. We'll... Do them 7, 10, 8, 10, 10, 10. So just a few minutes from right now, I'll give you the first keyword. Um, I I am, every day, I'm like, well, how much COVID do I talk, right? Because it's like, well, it's like the story going on, you know? And right. Then, but there's also like a saturation point where you hit where you're like, I'm... I'm I'm over it, right? And so, like, I'm always stuck between, like, well, dude, kind of don't want to drive people away who are over it, and yet don't want to be like, well, I guess we're kind of done talking about that now, right? Well, like, that's done. Wipe <laughs> your hands and off you go. Exactly right, right? So, so you're going back to work today. We're done. It's going to be a tight window, you know, throwing that ball into there, right? Uh, better bigger. Uh, wow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I do it. I really wow. don't. I really don't. Um, but, like, I am kind of, like, a little sick of seeing it everywhere I go. Like, I, all right, I, and I'm not going to call them out by name because, look, they're just trying to be nice. But I drove past, like, a, uh, a fast food place today, and there was a sign out front that said, We appreciate you frontline workers. Free small, free small, like, value meal or whatever the hell they call them at that particular restaurant, right? Right. And I was like, oh, my God, dude. Like, if we're going to go so far as to, like, hey, thank you, frontline workers, then they give them 
the large curly fry, you dicks? <laughs> what the hell is that? Like it's you know. We appreciate you, but not to the super size point. You know what I mean? Exactly, right? So like, there's kind of that thing, right? Then I'm like, all right, it gets kind of eye rolly, and then uh, you know, I saw a meme this morning that absolutely had no truth to it whatsoever. Shocking. Um, this guy listed like all these companies, and he's like, you know, Amazon, and then like you know, all these places that are open. And then listed the amount of employees they all have. And then said, but none of these companies have uh, have had any active cases. So isn't that a little... <laughs> I was like, well, wait, Amazon employees are threatening to shut down distribution centers because they can't get the, the protective equipment. And because people have gotten sick, a local Walmart employee <laughs> contracted the disease. Like, what are you talking about? Right. This is literally the easiest thing to say. Now, look, you want to start talking about the numbers have been inflated and they're writing this down on the death certificates when it's really this and this and that. Fine, I'll hear you all out. There are some legitimate conversations in that. But making the claim that none of these retailers are, have been suffering through this and had their, their staffs affected by it, and that thus then making the argument, which, by the way, I'm ready to start opening things. So this is coming from a person who's kind of ready to start to get the ball rolling here. But pretending like those people haven't been affected by their employees being affected is absolutely – well, it's just that's false. Ins- I mean, that's it's just insane. False. Yeah, it's just false, right? So our governor, Mike DeWine – is being heralded all over the country. Like, people love this guy now. Um, he's playing very, very well, except for in some other places where people are like, God, I'm glad we're not doing that, right? Right. But it seems, by and large, most people seem to agree. I think it was the other day we had 84% was the poll that said that, like, how people agree with how he's handling it. That's across both party lines here in the state of Ohio. It was in the mid-80s. It was around that part. And I remember telling Tony, I was like, dude, you know, three months before this happened, 84% of people didn't know the guy's name. So, like, I don't, you know what I mean? It, like, those kind of polls in the moment when people have emotions running, high find me seven months after it's over yeah and go back did mike dewine handle all this properly the same people that said he's nailing it right now we're going to tell you how he botched it six months down the road from now right there's going to be a lot of that but mike dewine spent some time with abc news owned by disney there leans a little left there right right just want to make sure everybody's aware what's you know what's coming he does not there he's a you know, conservative Republican. That's how he uh, defines himself in this piece of audio. A lot of other people call him a re- uh, rhino, Republican in name only. That's for you to decide, not for me to tell you. Um, but, you know, they were kind of talking to him about how this is playing politically. Governor, their, their reaction to the coronavirus has really created a kind of partisan divide. A new ABC News Ipsos poll shows that Democrats are more concerned about contracting the virus, while Republican respondents would be more likely to get out if and when the rules change. Republicans are twice as likely to eat at a restaurant, work out at a gym and get a haircut, and they were three times as likely to attend a sporting event and four times as likely to stay in a hotel why do you think we have that partisan divide? All right, now first, before he we get to his answer here, I, I really don't. I, I wish we would stop asking these questions this way, um, because we forget sometimes that it is Governor Mike DeWine's job to um, make decisions that benefit me, a non-conservative Republican as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not necessarily concerned, and I don't necessarily buy it. Um, I think most people, by and large, Tony, feel the way I feel, which is I lean away. But I'm not necessarily in your camp. Because I gotta be honest with you, dude. When I look around at the Dems, I'm like, well, I like some of the policies, but don't make me stand next to this nutcase. Right. Like, are you nuts? Now, there's plenty of that on that side too, right? right. And so, like, I don't necessarily want to be in your groups. You know what I mean? Like, no, that makes sense. I got an advantage card that gives me, you know, discounts on my groceries. I don't necessarily need to be in your group because I don't get anything out of it, right? Yeah. Start giving me fuel perks on gas, and you can call me a Democrat or Republican. Until then, dude, I'm not joining your clubs, right? So- <laughs> 
I'm out. I want free Doritos or you get no new members. That's how it's working with me, right? I'm not like doing it. that. I'm not doing that, right? And so, like, I don't, I believe that polling that way and talking about it that way only further drives the division between those two groups of people. I feel most people kind of feel like, dude, I'm mostly in the middle because I'm not a crazy person. Right. Right. And so, like, how did they answer it then? Right. Like, how, now, yeah, that's, do you define yourself as a Democrat? No, I'm more of an independent. Okay. If I had, if I had to put myself in one of the three camps, then I would be the gun to the head, pick one. Independent. Okay. All right. All right. Fair. I like that. I may lean more one way than the other. Than the other. Most people do. But I can look at the other side and go, I kind of like that. Yeah, dude. A good yeah. idea can come from anywhere. Right. Is how I look at like it. Like if you're if you have an R after your name and it's a good idea, I can go. Oh, it's kind of cool. You know, I almost and wish same they, thing with a D. A lot of times, I honestly wish they wouldn't tell us. Because then maybe and let you right? form your opinion on the merit of the idea, not versus the camp where it came from. That would almost be an interesting theory there. Oh, you mean the information? Right. Uh, That'd like be that, strange. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world here. Dwine does have his answer. Let's get to that here. Uh, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure. Um, you know, you've got you've got those figures. I've not heard those figures before. Uh, but I, I think. Uh, Generally, uh, Republicans are less inclined to have the government tell them what to do. I kind of like that. I, I am. I generally, I really don't like when the government tries to tell me what to do. I think a lot of times, laws. I like the laws I absolutely need. On top of that, most of the time, I just think you're creating more criminals. And that's and that's how they make their money. Generally, how I am, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm a conservative Republican. I, I think, you know, we're better off not having the governor government tell us what to do. But we are in a health crisis, and but what we are trying to do in Ohio uh, is, is to move from orders that we put out where we said we have to close this. We are now in a phase where, yeah, we've got a few orders out there, but we're f- uh, a few orders out there, Mike. Come on, Mike. It's just a couple. They're I mean, pretty big, but it's just a few. I mean, Mike, come on. You've backpedaled a couple of times back into the, the, the orders now a couple of times. Yeah. Like, come on now. Starting really uh, pretty aggressively to phase business back in. Uh, if I polled most business owners in America, are they going to call the, the reopening pretty aggressive? My guess is but no. But he's speaking to a national audience here and not doing his, like, wide with Dewan press conference. Okay, so versus what some other places are doing, yeah. it may be... Pr- okay, fair so he's got a, yeah. That's a fair point, because this was ABC News. Yeah. That's a, Tony, that's a fair point. What it's going to depend on now is how individual Ohioans react to this. And if they continue, which I believe they will... To keep the social distancing. No, they won't. No, they won't. That's why you had to do the stay stay safe Ohio thing. All I read on socials yesterday was how busy all the parks were. I guess, you know, the, the beaches up near Cleveland were swamped and packed. And, like, people think. So, I, I don't know. N- maybe they won't. I just want to ask you, if you see cases begin to spike, will you go back to closing things down? What a great question, because that's on everybody's mind. Everybody does want to know what the hell he's going to say about that. We're, we're going to watch numbers every single day. And we're going to communicate those numbers to the people of Ohio. That's one of the things we've done. We, we do. That was a pretty dodgy sidestep there, buddy. Press conference virtually every day. And we try to give them the data that we're looking at. So if we're starting to see those numbers, the people of the state are going to see those numbers. And, you know, we'll have to take action. Basically, he's saying, look, we're going to tell you what the info is. Mm-hmm. And when your reaction will depict how we move forward. Now, I'm going to read my Twitter mentions and how much you hate it. Okay, well, here's the thing, though. Is everybody thinks I'm bringing that up to mock it? But I'm not. 
when you think about what it is I've just said is, that's his job. Mm-hmm. Hey, by and large, my constituents think this. You know what? I'm going to do that because that's what I was elected to do. By and large, what they think I should do. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, so that's pretty much the end of that with Mike DeWine. You know, I, I, I just... The further driving the political divide in this, and I get, look, we're in an election year, so everybody's got, you know, everybody's got to win. But it just reminds me of my favorite song of all time, uh, which is probably for what it's worth by Buffalo Springfield is probably my favorite song of all time. And um, it, it, there's a couple of lines in that song that it, that just remind me of the time we're going through now. Now, it's not war. It's not that. It's not, but there are like, you know, there's a line in that song that says, nobody's right when everybody's wrong. And, like, that's kind of how I feel right now. Amazon hasn't reported any cases. We can open back up. It's like, well, wait a minute. That's wildly inaccurate. Yes, they have. And, like, nobody's right because everybody's wrong. And yet another line from that song is, but we're all out there carrying signs saying hooray for our side. It's just kind of getting obnoxious at this point. Here's what's next on the Stansberry Show. So I released the goddamn murder hornets I did. Yeah, and we're going to tell you about those after hooking you up with this $1,000 right now. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Another keyword worth $1,000. We'll do it at 810. Also, get ready for a massive change in concerts at 8 o'clock. We'll give you that. Weird. Weird, weird stuff there. Did a little Crosby, Stills, and Nash there. Ohio. Well, and Young, obviously. Um... Obviously, today being the 50th, and I don't like using the word anniversary while talking about a a tragedy like that, Uh, but for the lack of a a better term off the top of my head, that's what I'll say there. See, you know, the the 50th anniversary of that, and it got me thinking about that. I was like, you know what? Um, I am a huge Neil Young fan, Um, and uh, you know what? For people who really love him, I probably shouldn't call myself a huge fan, but I do like him a lot, Um, and... You know, I, I said, you know, we're going to talk murder hornets, and I am going to try to get them in here in a second. But, you know, as I was listening to Ohio, mm-hmm. that song, and before the break, I kind of referenced, you know, how I'm kind of getting, like, over this COVID thing. And I understand it's like, you know, f- figuring out, well, how much do I talk about it versus how much do I give you a place to hide from it and, like, you know, vice versa. And, you know, it's a tricky thing. And look, my job's not all that hard, so if it's going to be hard, like, you know, for three months, once every 10 years, I'll, I'll be all right. Right. Um, but, you know, it, but it did get me thinking about it. I said, you know, there, there's lines in for what it's worth, um, even though that's about war, that I can kind of relate to today, where it's like, you know, um, and, you know, n- n- nobody's right when everybody's wrong. Now, what he meant there, I'm assuming, is like, dude, look, both sides of that war are like, we're not necessarily in the right there, right? Right. And I kind of feel like that could be applied now, though, is like nobody's right when everybody's wrong, meaning, dude, we're all filled with misinformation, or at least, you know, we're not all as accurate as we think we are. And like, well, you know, what do you believe versus where you're seeing it? And I also said, you know, there's another thing that's like, you know, you, maybe memes are a little bit the same thing in the line in this song is there we all are with, you know, holding signs that say hooray for our side. And that's what a meme is. You're holding a sign saying, hooray for my side. I talk about this all the time. It's one of the reasons why we like those things. It's because it's your thought put out in the world for everybody to go, see, that's smart. Of course. Ta-da! Yes. Of course you love the thing that that validates our opinion. Of course we love that thing. And I got to stop saying you. I guess I should start saying we more because I'm guilty of this stuff too. Right? I'm a human. Right. But, you know, really what I was thinking about there during the commercial break and like listening to Ohio is dumb might be the biggest hypocrite of all time. Like, okay. I'm, I really might be the biggest hypocrite of all time. I said in that conversation that this is my favorite song ever. And look, favorite songs get tricky. You ask me in three months, what is it? 
it might be Give Me Some Lovin' by Spencer Davis because I really, really love that song too, right? Might be, you know, and so it kind of goes back and forth. But I love this song. I mean, love it. And we already played you this one. And I'm going to play you just a snippet of another song I absolutely love. And I mean love. It's a good tune. Love this song. Love it. And yet, I'm the exact moron who's like, dude, can we get politics on everything? <laughs> I mean, dude, I just I mean, why is it got to be political anything? Well, your favorite things of all time, douche, are political. Like, I did. how much more of a hypocrite do I want to be? Well... You can have a limit to what you want your politics in. Like no. you've re- like there are some things you're like, "Nah, okay, I'm kind of done with that." Okay, fair. But this is what I Okay, I'm going to examine me, all right? I'm not going to necessarily make a statement for everybody else out there about you or anything else. But I think this is what's true of me. That I like politics and stuff and art that happened before I was alive cuz I'm kind of learning about it. Yeah. But when you're doing it about the politics I have to live through, shut up, you moron. You don't know anything. You're only 22. <laughs> well, how old was Neil Young when he wrote that? I'm guessing in his early 20s. I saw the photo of him singing it. Right. <laughs> he looks like a baby to me. You know what I mean? And so, like, I'm just, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, why am I, oh, here's another one. I mean, how much more political do you want to get? The song's about the clan hanging people. I mean, how much, I mean, seriously, how much more political do we want to get about stuff? And and yet, like, and Rage Against the Machine, a great band from my era. Now, full disclosure, did not necessarily love them when they came out. Really? No, because I was a little bit like, dude, I don't care about this. Like, ten years, like, people forget how, like, that stuff shifted from hair rock into that. And so, like, it was just a few years ago, we were, like, drinking beers. Everybody was, like, smoking weed, having fun, dude. There were orgies laying around. And then all of a sudden, dude, everybody showed up and was like, dude, the world ain't cool. And we were like, all right, I guess we got to be, dude, bummed out rock became popular. And I was like, well, I mean, I don't necessarily want to be socially awake, man. I'm not there yet. I'm still looking for a good time. I kind of want to be in my cocoon, dude. (laughs) I want him to just here for a good time. But the truth is, my favorite songs are super political. And you know why that is? Because there's substance in it. Because it's real. Because that's not nothing for a, or in, whatever for a good time by poison. Yeah. It's not that. That this is real. This is, this is an examination and a conversation about a very real moment in time. Yeah, but nobody wants to have the conversation anymore. They just want to yell at each other. And again, I think one of the reasons why I love these songs so much is, dude, like, people were really fighting for something then. It wasn't, you know, gender's a social construct, though. And it's like, okay, I get it. I want to get my hair cut. But, like, the, yes, exactly, yes. There was for real legitimate struggle. Like, legitimate struggle. And don't get me wrong, we got plenty of it now, too. There is, there is, but we don't necessarily seem to argue that way. We seem to get down in the muck about everything else. And it just, I was sitting there thinking to myself, dude, if a 22-year-old kid wrote a song about a school shooting today, first of all, we'd say, too soon, what are you doing? Don't exploit it, you douche. That's what we'd be saying. Now, I wasn't there when this song came out. Maybe that's what people were saying to them. I don't know. I'm sure there was a certain Or Ohio's really that song. I'm sure there was a group of people out there going, why don't you cut your hair, you hippies, and get a real job instead of doing this? But one of the reasons, and again, quickly, one of the reasons why I love this song as much as I do is that most young, I'll speak about boys, I don't necessarily know about young girls, but I feel like having worked in radio and been a young boy, kind of once upon a time in my life and still mentally still there, is that 
there's something that comes where you go to classic rock. You start to like have an appreciation for everything that came before you. And I kind of went through that. And this song started coming out of the speakers in my room a lot. Now, part of it was is that Public Enemy ended up using the beat for their own song. I was like, wait, 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 where's that come from in this whole thing? Right? And it started, I started playing this song over and over and over and over. And eventually my dad just knocked on the door. And I opened my bedroom door and he said, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, what? I thought you would like this. It's from your era. I mean, your favorite radio station plays it. God damn it. And he's like, no, but why are you listening to it, Daniel? Why? He's like, do you even know what the hell he's talking about? Like the guitar. And I said, no. I, exactly. I said, I just oh. like the way it sounds. And it's one of these moments I can legit, and I talk about my dad all the time on the show, but this is a very vivid memory of my dad sitting on the bed next to me. And I always say, he, one of his favorite phrases ever was, Daniel, I will never dodge my opportunity to parent you, ever. And sure enough, he sat there for an hour and explained what was going on in this country, what was happening in the Vietnam War, what was happening around the world since he had been there, fought in Vietnam. He had seen it and sat there and explained it to me. And then as I'm sitting there telling you that, I've never been more afraid of anything ever now. Because if a kid came up to me today and you're like, what's that about? I'd have to be like, I don't know, dude. I guess we're going to turn on CNN and get the lies together, dude. I have, I have no idea. Here's what's next on the Stansberry Show. God, I love the NFL. The NFL says, yeah, the rest of the leagues are sissies. We're the NFL. Jeez. We're doing it our way. I'll get you filled in next, right here on Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Another keyword worth 1000 bucks. Tony and I will pass it out 8.10 this morning. Tomorrow, 9 o'clock, is New Turd Tuesday. If you're in a local uh, band, group, singer, songwriter, rapper, whatever, send me your stuff, Stansberry, at WRQK.com. Send me a edited song. I don't necessarily want to be working all day for you. And then uh, a little bio on the band. I normally tell people next time you're going to be playing out, but who the hell knows? It's true. Who the hell knows? But we will kick that off tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Uh, we're going to get to Murder Hornets a little, a little later on the program. I swear I'm going to try to get that worked in. That was like my least favorite story of the weekend. Um, I just, you know, I was like, as soon as I saw the headline, I was like, all right, this is going to be the obnoxious headline of the weekend. And sure enough, I ended up being right. Um, and so we will get into that at some point. But I love the NFL. God bless them, dude. I mean, just God bless them. Just keep plowing ahead, buddy. And uh, they got dragged for continuing free agency. And the league's position was, what the hell are you dragging us for? We do this over the phone all the time. That's literally how this gets done. What are you worried about? And sure enough, nothing happened. Right. Oh, my God. They're going to do the draft. They're so tone deaf. 60 million Americans watched it. Yeah, Schefter okay. nailed that one with the whole blood in the streets thing. So, how tone deaf could they be if 60 million Americans were right. like, you know what, I want to sit down and I want to watch this. Are they tone deaf or are they delivering us exactly what it is we want? I say this all the time about the radio business. Dude, you can't give people what they say they want because they lie about what they say they want. Everybody's trying to be cooler than they are. Right. No, man, I like death merchants. No, you don't. You never heard of them. No, but my friend has. And like, yeah, I mean, and it's like, no, dude, that's why we play under the bridge because that's actually what you like. <laughs> you don't actually like death merchant. You like underneath the you like under the bridge, right? And that's just kind of who we all are. We're all kind of lying about who we are and want to be cooler than we are and all that, right? Myself included. Mm -hmm. But the NFL now doubling down again says, look, we're releasing the schedule. We're releasing it this week, no later than May 9th from what I'm being told. You're getting it this week, no major changes in the schedule. What they mean there is, is uh, we're starting on time. 
You better get ready to be in NFL games. And I said, I said two weeks ago, you will be in NFL stadiums this season. And I, dude, I maintain. I'm still saying it. I think you might be in Buckeye games this year. Wow. Now that's going to get trickier because you got students and like people not wanting to send their kids to college and you can't make them play because of the, you know what I mean? That whole thing versus like pros, it can be like, no, bro, dude, uh, you cashed that $25 million check though, right? All right, then show up on Sunday and start tackling. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's going to, that's going to be how that's going to go. And I think fans will be in NFL games. I really do. I think the NFL will handle this better than everybody else has because they're the NFL and they recognize the thing I know, which is they have to. Yeah, they generally do. That they do things pretty well. They I have mean, they, to. They have missteps along the way, but of course. But who doesn't? I mean, yes. But I think the NFL. And trust me, this has actually worked out really well for the NFL because this happened right after their season ended. They did get a little they got lucky right here, right under the wire yeah. with the whole Super Bowl thing. They got a little lucky here. They did. Now, you think I'm a little nuts with the fans and games thing, right? I can't see the fans being in stadiums at least to start. I don't think All right, well, I don't I'll make think, that concession. I, I don't think you're going to have fans in stadiums maybe for the first month, month and a half. Okay, I I do believe fans are going to be in games, which is why I have tried my best not to get hyperbolic about what my opinion is, meaning I have not been out there but you're going to be in game game 1. I I, right. I I won't say that because I don't know that. I don't know you'll be in games this year either, but I have a stronger feeling the NFL is going to hold firm. They're going to do what they're going to do. The NFL is going. You know what the NFL is going to do? Mm. They're going to look to lead. And what Roger Goodell is going to say behind closed doors that he could never say into a microphone because people would kill him for it is, Adam showed people how to lead to run away. Meaning Adam Silver. Yeah, I'm going to show America how to lead to come back because that's what the NFL's job is. The NFL can, or the NBA can cut bait. They can do all that. But when it comes down, when when people want normalcy back. What part of what they're talking about is our games. Right. When people say, I want my life back, what you're saying is, you want Monday Night Football back. You want Thursday Night Football back. That's part of what it is we're looking to get back. So put the schedule out. I think start on time. Roger Goodell said it best himself a couple of weeks ago. He said, anybody who thinks we can't start on time is nuts. Do you know how many things we're going to learn in the next month about this? Let alone where we're going to be five, six months on the road from them? I'm not letting I mean, anybody tell me we're not starting on time yet. There'll be ten stories that come out within the next 15 minutes, and they'll all be different about, the, about everything that's going on right now. So to try to predict what's going to happen five, six months down the road. A little crazy. It's a little, it's a little kooky. Little, little. I mean, crazy. you can have your forecasts and your projections and what you think is going to happen. Yeah, here a little bit. This is yeah, my opinion. This is my opinion. Right. But to try to say this, this is definitively what will happen. Right? Is insane. I don't. It makes you a crazy, crazy person. person. Yeah. yeah. Makes you a little bit of a crazy person. Here's what's next on the Stansberry Show. They say concerts are going to change in a dramatic fashion. And actually, a guy wrote in over the weekend and says, Stansberry, I love you. But you are dead wrong on this concert take you had last week. I think you're so dumb. And the guy brought up Tony, and I mean an excellent point, and he's right. I was dead-ass wrong on what my opinion on concerts was. So we'll tell you some proposed changes to concerts. And an idea I had last week that ended up being completely and utterly wrong. A listener got me turned around. We'll give you all of that, plus a keyword worth $1,000 next on The Stansberry Show. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Passing on another keyword worth $1,000 here in just a few minutes. Also 8.30. Jordan. (laughs) Michael Jordan, man. That, uh, that Bulls documentary, The Last Dance, we got episodes five and six last night. Jordan, 
the mental gymnastics that guy went through last night in that documentary to to talk about his gambling. We're going to play a couple of different fun games with that audio. Uh, we're going to change some words. We're going to change some salaries. And then we're going to put the, the same situations out there and go, problem or not. Maybe we'll even change gambling to marijuana use and a few of those things and be like, is this a problem now or not? Mike, you said, Mike, you were going to play a game with it. Mike just put 20 on it. Did it? Mike? <laughs> yes, Mike, <laughs> Mike did. He, he did. He probably he needs my $20. Playing a game or putting 20 on it? Lot to talk about in that. I'm very as a as a gambling person. As a I do I bet football games. I have said my favorite place to watch any sporting event is a Las Vegas sports book. There's nothing better in the world than watching dude the Super Bowl on the Vegas Strip. Oh, bro, it is so good, so so good. So we'll get into that around eight thirty this morning. All right, I uh, I wanted to talk about concerts a little bit. Um, I saw Denmark's doing this idea. At least they say they can work on this idea. For a fix for us to get concerts, right? Oh, Denmark. That's one of those things where people are like, you know what, man, I miss about my normal life, man. I want to go see live bands. And I agree. I think going to see live music is absolutely important. I think it keeps you young. I think it's one of those things that we stop doing when we start aging because you're worried about being the gray-haired person at the show, and I think that's stupid. I think you should go and have fun, and I think it's good for your soul. Um, I, it's easier said, obviously, for me when somebody's like, hey, man, I got an extra pair of these. You want to go tonight? I'm, All right, fine. All right, it's a little easier for me to say that. Just but twisted I, my arm. But I do believe that, that live music is good for the soul, right? So Denmark, of all places, is thinking about the idea of a drive-in concert. Oh, Huh. The Danish city of our house allowed popular singer Mads Langer to perform a drive-in through event at a newly constructed venue just outside of the city. Um, six days notice, the event sold 500 tickets. Wow. And according to locals, went off without a hitch. I've played many a concerts in my life, he said, but this is really a first through an audio feed broadcasted over, you know, a, a, you know through the crowd. Nah. The Danish newspaper said the crowds were respectful of distancing regulations and there were no notable incidents at the event. I don't believe that's what would happen here. I don't. Um, again, one of the tours people were waiting to see this year was Rage Against the Machine. I know damn well that if I put Rage Against the Machine at a drive-in concert, what happens? You're going to get out of your car and start dancing on top of somebody else's car. That's what's going to happen. Rage Against the Machine, come into the autorama. Yeah, <laughs> I, it feels sad to me. Um, um, they were told not to get out of their cars. And that's a very anti-concert activity. I uh, do concerts are not about conformity. They're, that's not what they're supposed to be. At least I don't believe. Uh, and actually, we got to get to that here in a second because I made a claim last week about concerts, and a listener really took me out to the woodshed and like attacked me for what my uh, point wow. was. He was right. So I don't see this as an idea catching on. I, I don't. It's not the same thing as a movie to me. This is hey, we have an idea. Let's see if it sticks. And what better time than now to see if we can get maybe something a little bit off the wall and see what happens, right? You want to get out of your house. You want to go enjoy something. Oh, I get the swing at it. You're going to take a swing at something. Why not do drive-in concerts? I get the attempt. I'm all for that. I just, I don't think this is what people really want. I think you want a way to go experience your life, but isn't that what you want? Meaning you're not looking for... Is it making the best of a bad situation? Like, hey, we can't go and we can't mosh or do anything we want to do, or I can't have the tall guy standing in front of me blocking my view. You're so far away from the artist and most tickets anyway. Like, I really want to put the windshield as a barrier between us. <sighs> Tough times, man. 
These are trying times, as I've been told. Many okay, these. this feels like, now again, probably not this artist. We're talking about 500 tickets or whatever. Right. But Which, does by this, the way, is still a healthy amount. This, uh, Yeah, it, I mean, it really whatever. is. Kind of, on six days' notice, right. that is. Actually, that is. But this feels more like to me that if this were to come here to the shores of America, that this is a way to have the musicians back making money more than it's a way for you to go out and enjoy the thing you want to enjoy. Well, maybe it's a little bit of column A, column B. You get to see the show you want to go see. And, and it, they'd probably be forced into donating the money anyway, otherwise. Oh, they're evil dicks. I mean, they want to put food on their table, and that's well, not right. Well, you're probably not going to get A-list bands to do it, so let's not like that. But if you get like a C-list artist or something like that to go play at insert wherever drive-in here, then yeah, that's not All like right. the worst thing I in see, the world. Okay, I do. I will say this. I see this working. Could you turn it into... A Woodstock, meaning, is it going to go off as big as that? No, but if you got 10 C-level bands, get trapped in saliva and seether and, you know, whoever, and get them out there, then fine. And I could see it being a gimmick once, yeah. and then once a year, the COVID remembrance show. You do the drive-in remembrance thing. Yeah. And you know where this would work really well is probably, like, country music. In the bed of the truck, man. You just turn that, in the bed of the truck. Just turn that truck around. Give me some Florida Georgia line. Off we go. Got this be- thing jacked up, man. We can see you over top of everybody else, Woo! too, man. Got my twin twos. We can see in front of your little Honda Sandberg. Got this thing jacked up, man. Right. I mean, uh, all right. Yeah. You, because okay. you're not, there's a, there's dancing, but it's more like swaying and everything, and you're not, so you could totally do that. There's, there's a format for this where it could totally work. Interesting. I. I don't want more barriers between me and the artist. I understand what you're saying, but in, in now, these, if you put in the stage, if you, if you put the stage near where the cars were set, you could do that. Like in the middle of it, and that'd maybe, be kind of cool. And then maybe on the maybe if you got one of the two screens, you put the concert on behind it. Now, one of the things I said last week, and a listener really took an issue with this. I said last week about concerts. You know, when this is all over, why am I still paying three hundred bucks and guessing what you're going to play? Oh, yeah, I remember that. That's like, a, uh, I, I argued, I want a la carte. You're playing for me. Yes. So, like, let's make sure we play what I want to hear, right? What you want to hear and all that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, and there, other, I guess some bands have tried this, and, you know, some bands are a little bit more, you know, willing to, you know, uh, you know, try new things and things like that. And I guess, you know, some bands have kind of done this with their websites and, you know, whatever, and, you know, you submit or whatever. And this guy wrote in over the weekend. I wish I could remember his name. I don't even have the email in front of me, but I will paraphrase because honestly, it hit pretty hard when I read it at five o'clock Saturday morning. I was like, "Jeez." <laughs> so the guy said to me, "He's like, stands right. I love you. I've been listening forever, but you're kind of an idiot on this one." And I was like, "All right, well, that's possibly yes. I mean, that happens a lot. So lay it on me, right?" And I start reading. And he goes, "I hate your take on concerts." And he's like, "And I can't believe this is what your take is." He said, "You really." want to be in charge of what's coming off that stage. He's like, that is really depressing to me. Really? And I was like, okay. And he was like, you're arguing that concerts should be more orderly. Uh. He's like, Dan, what? That's as far away from rock and roll as you can get. 
And I thought to myself, oh, God, he's right. So, like, he then, you know, started talking about, like, yeah. no, really what it should be is is that I am paying you money, and I have no idea what you're going to do. Because what he said to me, he goes, I do agree that, you know, you kind of talked about the Iron Maiden tour. You're like, you don't even want to see it anymore because all the videos are online, and you already know what the set list is. Why do I need to go? And I was like, yeah, you're right. I did say that, and I do feel that way. He goes, so mix of two ideas. Take all that stuff offline. What are you telling me for? Still give me part. He's like, dude, do you remember that when we were kids? He's like, think back about when you went to concerts before radio. He's like, I know, dude, people hand you tickets. He's like, so you probably leave five songs in and most bands you go see now. He's like, you don't care. You're not really even, you're not really going. You're just going, right? Right. And I was like, all right, yeah, that's a fair point. That is true. That is how I attend most things now, right? And so that's, that's fair. He goes, think about it before you did this. He's like, dude, you wanted to go see that band so bad. Imagine somebody coming up and telling you the ending of the movie as you're waiting in line. He's like, that's, he's like, that's where all this went wrong. He's like, no, 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 dude, don't give me more control. Take more of it away from me. Here's the problem. Give me the wonderment. What might happen tonight? Oh my God, we got two joints. We might get laid. Girls are going to take their shirts off. Oh my God, AC DC, man. And like, there's a little bit. And when I read that, I was like, oh my, he's like, dude, rock and roll is not supposed to be, have order. It's supposed to be chaos. And I was like, Oh, God, this guy's totally right. He is totally right. Here's why his plan will never work with taking concerts offline. Because when the band posts the concert... They make money. They make money off they of that YouTube of video. So, of course, it's another revenue stream for them. <sighs> while, while his idea is not wrong, and I, and I agree with it, and it would be nice to have a little bit of the surprise there... Like, oh, yeah, they did that show in Mil- They did that song in Milwaukee. Like, I get what he's saying. They're not going to take it down because you're going to go and watch it anyway. I think a mixture of what he's saying will work, though, and here's how I want to do it. All right. Is when you go out on the road, and this will really be for, like, legacy acts, you know, Roses and, like, you know, I mean, the Stones and Kiss and bands like that, right? When you got, like, 30 years of history, 40 in some cases, yeah, dude, have five sets. Okay. I mean, in every couple of shows, dude, like, come on. Switch like, it up a little? Yeah. I don't put the set list out from Poughkeepsie, and now it's six weeks later, I'm going to go see you at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, and I'm getting the same 19 songs. To me, that's kind of bunk. Like, to me, that's, dude, this is what I've always said about stand-up comedians. Dane Cook, I had Dane Cook on the air years and years and years and years ago. And he said on the air, and people thought he was lying, but he's telling the truth. He's like, dude, your job's way harder than what I do. And I was like, bro, you sold out Madison Square Garden. What the hell are you talking about? He's like, yeah, dude, but I wrote those jokes five years ago. Oh. He's like, I wrote those jokes years ago, dude, and I've been on the road telling them, honing them, everything. He's like, did you write anything last night? You didn't. You woke up and you're like, all right, got to figure it out in the moment. What? He's like, dude, if I walked up on stage and had to wing it the way a lot of radio guys do, he's like, people would find out, dude, we're not really funny. We just write well. That's how he's like, I, you know, people, he's like, he told me off the air. He's like, dude, he's like, people expect me to like knock them down with jokes when they meet me in person. It's not who I am. It's not who I am. You got to write it out. I'm a writer. Yeah. I'm a writer. That's what I am. And I was like, uh, yeah, dude, you're kind of right. And there's a little bit of the same thing here with musicians where it's like, dude, come on. This is getting a little too paint by numbers. Like, I, there's a famous quote in that movie, Almost Famous, where they're like, you know, the lead singer says, you know, we have a responsibility here. And the guitar player says, huh. I thought I got into this to avoid responsibility. <laughs> and there's a little bit of truth in that, where yeah. it's like, dude, come on, bring a little bit of more of the wonderment and chaos and what might happen. And then maybe, then maybe people would start buying concert tickets again. Here's what's next on The Stansberry Show. Michael Jordan is a degenerate gambler and a liar. Now it's wow. okay, because the only person he's lying to is himself. We'll play you some audio after giving you this keyword worth $1,000 right now. 6 9 
Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll do that at 9 o'clock. Also at 9.30, Oklahoma was forcing customers to wear masks into retailers. Yeah. And it backfired massively. Who didn't see that coming? I mean, massively backfired. There's nothing we can do. <laughs> I mean, like, there's just, you know. You I try mean, and then it just. Ba- yeah, exactly. Because oh, well. they, I, I mean, they they went out there with the best intentions. Right. And they just didn't think about something happening because they tried to see the good in people and nobody ever listens to me or tries to say, yeah, there ain't none. And it's like, not a thing, guys. It's not really a thing. It's not. And it's so, cute. And we all pretend. Um, but yeah, there was, uh, that story's pretty interesting. At 9 30, we will look into that. I've been, uh, chomping at the bit a little bit this morning to talk about this. These, uh, Bulls documentary series that have been on, uh, ESPN. Uh, last night we got episode five and six. So we're getting, uh, you know, pretty close here. We got four more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're done. Ten part series in this. Um, and believe me, there's enough content there. And Michael Jordan and the 90s Bulls, there's plenty of content there. They probably could have done 20 of these, right? right. Um, there's more than enough stuff to be talking about. Uh, earlier this morning, we kind of talked about how he used the American flag to cover up a Reebok logo. And I was like, oh, bro, I got to tell you, I don't know if that plays well today. Um, that's a little Kaepernick-ish. If, you know what I mean? If we're, if Why don't you there, just take a knee, Mike? Uh, I mean, there's a little bit, getting a little close there, right? Uh, protecting your money, you know, using politics to do it there and all that stuff. Using the flag to protect your money. And I don't know, man. That seemed like weird to me. But back in the day, it was just, well, Mike really loves America. Exactly. And, uh, and, you know, maybe I'm just conditioned to see controversy now because of what my position is. And that I, I do have to weigh that into the conversation because I think that's a fair, you know, uh, it's a fair assessment there. Um, but they got into his gambling. Oh. And Michael Jordan is a gambler. I mean, I have, uh, I have, my brother has lived in Las Vegas. We figured this out over the weekend, 20 years now. All right. My brother has lived in Las Vegas. My mother has been there 15 years. I have lived there a couple of separate times, basically on my brother's couch, that whole thing. So I'm pretty, you know, Vegas savvy, meaning I've known more than a few people who have worked in the casino business. Right. And who have I've known VIP concierges and like things like that. And so I know plenty of people who have dealt Michael Jordan cards or have seen him in a casino and and things like this. He likes to gamble and he has not, you know, he's not quiet about it, Um, has not been for a while now. Right. There's been Mm -hmm. plenty of speculation on it. So I got some audio from from the uh, from the episodes last night. I believe it was episode six is where they really started to get it into this. And I figure we'll play it, and I'll kind of want to address some points as we go along. So when Michael spends all night gambling in Atlantic City after they lost, it's David Aldridge lost game one. It became a very public issue because he had went to Bally's in Atlantic City with his dad. Okay. And his dad, you know, they were like, look, man, like, um, you know, we got to get out of here. In terms of, is this signs of some kind of a problem with him. And then you add to that the Eskinas book. In a book titled, Michael and Me, Our Gambling Addiction, Richard Eskinas, a one-time general manager of the San Diego Sports Arena, makes the claim that Michael Jordan owed him more than $1.2 million. So what? He's got a ton of money. We'll get there in a second. The result of gambling on their golf matches. Yeah, Richard Eskinas, we met from a third party. You know, I'm actually playing golf with people all the time now. He's talking about then because he was getting into the game and he was like, just looking to, dude, I want to play. I want to play. And if they want to gamble, we gamble. Okay. If they want to gamble, we gamble. Golf is so funny because it's my favorite thing in the world. I played Saturday and Sunday this weekend, right? 
but it sells itself as like this high society gentleman's game. <laughs> There's more degenerate behavior on a golf course than anywhere else, maybe ever. I mean, dude, you want to, what? What are you? Whatever you want to find. What on a are golf you course, into? What are you into? Whatever vice you're into, you go start driving around them carts and asking who's holding. You'll be able to find anything you want. Huh. And I got teamed up with guys yesterday. Never met anybody. Three holes in, bet five you don't make it. I mean, it's, dude, it's just part of the game. It's just part of the game. It is just part. It's just built into golf. I know when I go to the course. All right, I may be able to pay to play with my debit card, but take a hundred with you because you're gonna gamble with somebody. Like, just have money in your pocket because nobody rides for free. The character of those individuals, I find out later what kind of people I was playing with. I learned that lesson. But the act of gambling, I didn't do anything wrong. Again, I didn't do anything wrong. You're right. You didn't. Age of consent is 16, bruh. Like, anytime you're just getting underneath the radar with the, what, didn't break a law, you know, why are you saying that? Because you're, you're, there's a little bit of guilt there. You're excusing the behavior away. You're looking for the technicality that makes it okay for what your behavior was. Thus, that is your brain going, bro, you might think this way, but you know everybody else doesn't, so start the lie machine. Get the lie machine cranked up. That's exactly what this is. I never bet on games. I only bet on myself. All right. Now, do you believe in me never bet on Bulls games? I can buy that, yeah, because Mike would be... I don't, but I don't ever believe he would have bet them to lose. I, I don't think he would have ever bet against the Bulls. Yeah, I, I think I think Mike kind of knew on a on a Tuesday night in Milwaukee, dude, I'm going to put 60 on these chumps. You know what, Did honey? Did Mike bet on the over-under? Yeah, yeah, I could see, you know what I mean? I could see, dude, he's a gambling addict. So not to gamble on the thing you know better than ever, anything else you know? Right. Meaning other games maybe too? Yeah, I don't buy that. You know, that was golf. Uh, do I like to play blackjack? Yeah, I like playing blackjack. There's no laws with that. And the league did call me in. They asked questions about it, you know. And that's I told never them good. Exactly what was happening? No, you called the principal's office. Uh, that's like, never oh, good. Oh, look at it, Michael. This is David Stern, former NBA Michael. commissioner. Now, Michael was betting on his golf game, larger numbers than you or I might bet if we played golf together. But we, you know, given Michael's earnings and the like, we just never, it never reached epic crisis levels in my view okay so that's former commissioner david stern who was pretty much the commissioner most of michael jordan's career from what i understand and he said basically like it never reached you know levels of concern given how much money michael jordan made so let me now tell you what he really said he never gambled so much money we were worried he was going to have to like take a dive in a game that, that he couldn't pay himself out. So that's why it's okay. Because we didn't think his basketball could be compromised through the illegal activity he's doing on, well, well, by the way, the night before he's playing in NBA Finals games and things like that. Right. Right? That, that's what he's saying there is that we don't believe Michael Jordan could be exploited through this to then ruin the credibility of our game, even though that's when that NBA referee was like fixing games was back then. Dun, dun, dun. I understand that people back to David Aldridge and hear about amounts of money like that and go, wow, that's a lot of money. What I used to always say to people is that for Michael Jordan, $10,000 is like you gambling $10. Okay. But when that person with the broke down car smoking tourneys in the, uh, at 77 in Portage or whatever the hell, and when they get out of that car and they buy a $10 lottery ticket, I do look at them like they're stupid. That's true. You see what I'm saying? Like right. We do look at people who don't have enough money who are gambling $10 as stupid. So pretending Michael Jordan isn't stupid for gambling the money just because he has it? Stop! You, this, is, dude, this is what's so funny. 
is as soon as you put zeros in your bank account, your behavior gets called separate things. That right? is true. Yeah, depending on where the zeros and the commas are in that, very much so. Before you're loaded, weirdo. Get a bunch of money, eccentric. It's like there's, they're, they become different things once you got money. Because once you have money, people assume, well, that must be the way you do it. Ding. It's just raining cash in that dude's house. That just must be the way you do it. Right. It's, dude, it's problematic. It, it's not the money. Dude, imagine thinking it's the dollar amounts that make the behavior problematic. You're, and you got to understand, this is coming from a person who believes none of us escape the addiction gene. Nobody. Absolutely nobody escapes the, the addiction gene. Settle down. I can hear you screaming at me in your car, but you're 300 pounds, so I don't want to hear it. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, when nobody escapes this. Nobody. We all get it a little bit. We're all addicted to something somewhere down the line. I drank 10 cups of coffee today. You think it's because I like the way it tastes? No. It's because I'm addicted to it. He's got it. He's good for it. You know, you don't have to worry about it. Why, why do I have to wait until he doesn't have it to worry about it? Right? You True. Find, you find out your better half's doing heroin today. Well, I mean, she hasn't sold our kid yet. TV's still here. <laughs> exactly right. What? I mean, the, yeah. And Blu-ray's still here. Gaming machines right. are still here. Couch, she, she hasn't sold my grandma's couch yet. Not a problem yet. Why are we waiting for the problem to show up on the doorstep to address it? Do you think you have a gambling problem at all? No. Welcome well, to the world, Connie Chung. Welcome to addiction. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's ask the addict if they think they're an addict. Uh, no, I don't think I am. Because I can stop gambling. I have a competition problem. Okay. Again. He's a competition problem. Now. Go ask any addiction counselor. Any one. Any addiction counselor worth their salt will address this statement right here. Because I can stop gambling. I have a... Okay. You can. But then why don't you? The addict always talks about the stopping. It's always tomorrow I can. No, it's not a problem because if I wanted to, I could. Well, then why don't you want to? Prove it to me. Show it to me. I want you to. Show me. No, it's not. No, 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 no. Because you're addicted, bro. That money, that Gatorade money, that Nike money, dunking from the foul, all that stuff, bro. You're still a human being at the end of this. And you are showing problematic behavior that would be called out for anybody else that's doing it. But be just because you have the money to pay it off, all of a sudden now, it's not a problem. Your neighbor gambles. He's a degenerate. Michael gambles. It's fine because we don't want to criticize people who have money because they must be smarter than us, right? Competition right. problem. Uh, comp Look how he's justifying it too. Anytime, dude. Anytime you're excusing it and then justify, dude. Stop. Come on, stop. A competitive problem. About an hour. You have a competitive problem. Really? They showed in this document. Tony hasn't seen this yet, and I'm going to ruin this for That's you. That's fine. Bit. Dude, he's playing in with the security guys for the like the arena. They're in their office. They're seeing who can throw dimes from like 15 feet away to land closest to the wall without hitting it. Yeah, and that sounds like you have a gambling problem. Dude, he's taking $20 bills out of his pocket, just laying them on there, just throwing it. Jeez. That's competition, Mike? No, it isn't. It's an opportunity to take somebody off their money. That's what you're addicted to. The rush of the wagering. You're not addicted to the, the competition of throwing coins at walls? Imagine trying to sell somebody on that. Dude, the, the denial in Michael Jordan is, honestly, it's almost comforting. It's Because I have a ton of it in my life. He almost sounds human. Exactly. Dude, his airness. He was placed on this gigantic pedestal. It's like just almost a person. Like, almost godlike, and you hear him out here trying to justify... Exactly, dude, he's right. I feel like I'm listening to a heroin addict. I really do. An hour and a half before the game began, he was willing to talk specifically to Ahmad Rashad. Before game one, and Mike goes, hey, man, can you go get a camera? 
I want to do this interview about it. They're going to talk about my gambling, man. I'm sick of all this stuff, man. Let's just get it done right now. I went, okay. Do you have a gambling problem? No, I, I enjoy it. It's a hobby. <laughs> all right, those of you that have been listening for 20 years, Maxwell enjoyed the hell out of Oxycontin, bro. Jeez. <laughs> Dude, he loved that stuff. i never seen a person smile so big in my life. When that dealer showed up at the radio station at 245, I knew. I was like, well, he'll be nice to me today. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I knew. If I had a problem... I'd be starving. I'd be hawking this watch. My championship rings, I would... Could I not make the argument that his salary is what stopped him from getting there? Yeah, his salary and all the other endorsements. What got lost in this is, dude, he owed a million dollars to a guy from the golf course. He owned another $57,000 to another guy he lost playing golf, which, Mike, start betting on things you're good at, right? Wow. And, like, at the end of the day, like, this is, that's what stopped you from looking like an addict was the money. We're enabling these people. Do we get that? Like, that's how people end up doing what you're doing because we just look by and go, ah, if it were my cousin, I'd step in, but he's Mike and I got a poster on my wall. Therefore, man, it must be all right. Sell my house. I would do this. My wife would left me on. She'd be starving. My kids would be starving. Imagine being Michael Jordan's wife and hearing that and thinking to myself, wait, wait, wait a minute, bro. This is how little you think of our union. This is how little you think of our marriage. That you that if I'm that if I'm not at my breaking point, it's not worth maybe stopping how I feel about something. It's cool. God, what an awful human being, dude. I mean, seriously, dude. When you really think about what he's saying in here, this is awful. I do not have a problem. I, I enjoy gambling. Now, it didn't help that Michael had sunglasses on when he was doing the interview. Uh, yeah, because he was lying, and he was trying to make it easier to lie. He was trying to make it easier to lie. A la carte, or a la, you know, a la carte, tell how fat I am, a la Howard Stern. Why do you think Howard wore them glasses in them studio all them years? Because he was embarrassed about what he was allowing to happen to himself, and he was trying to hide it. <laughs> Let me take them sunglasses off. He couldn't, because he was lying, and he knew he was lying. And he didn't want dude, he didn't want anybody to, to look into those dead-ass eyes and be able to tell he was lying. I love Michael Jordan. Be like Mike the whole campaign. I had the shoes as a kid. Honestly, I'd go out and buy Michael Jordan gear. I had the cologne, for Christ's sake. I love this dude. But pretending that his behavior is not problematic because he could pay the money back, all you're saying there, Tony, is we're just going to kick the can down the road until he does lose all the money. Absolutely. And if he wasn't the highest paid athlete of all time, his gambling would have caught up with him. Absolutely it would. There's, it's his salaries that have made this not look like a problem. Not that the fact that the behavior isn't a problem. Good God. Here's what's next on the Stansberry Show. We'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. We will do that, and he will tell me why I'm wrong about Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> this morning, 9 a.m. right here on the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. I need to be a little quick here when I leave enough time to talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. A lot going on in the sports world, ironically, even without games going on. Um, but Murder Hornets are here now. Which is, by the way, the best name for a band out of all I, of this nonsense. I, like, I knew like, that was going to be your take, dude, and I like it. Murder Hornets, look! I, do. I like that one. Hate breed! Murder Hornets! The, Let's go! The deadly, meat-eating, Asian giant hornet. Now, why do we got to call them Asian Hornets? Can't it just be the Hornets? I mean, really, you're kind of a racist at this <laughs> Oh, don't kid yourselves, dude. That's coming. I mean, we, we weren't allowed to call it the Chinese coronavirus. We weren't allowed to do all that, even though we used to do that all the time. And now all of a sudden, because I live in the craziest year ever, it's a problem. And so, like, that's going to be 
part of that thing for sure. They've been known to kill up to 50 people a year over in Japan. Recently surfaced for the first time here in the United States in Washington State. Uh, some in New York City and, uh, or I'm sorry, New York City beekeepers say there's, uh, no way it won't make its way here as well. I told the NYPD back in, uh, 2012, your problem is not the bees. This murder hornet is your real problem. Uh, that's retired police department beekeeper Anthony Tony Bees Planakis. Okay. I'll raise my hand to stupid. Who knew the police departments had bee people? Well, if you're in New York City, you probably got to have somebody for everything, right? I didn't know the police department had beekeepers. Yeah, I would. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I wouldn't know that either. I'm dumb on that one. But I guess you would probably have to know that. You would probably have to be prepared for every situation. He started showing pictures, and they said, what the hell is that? And he said, Asian Hornet is what it is. Um, and apparently, yeah. they can sting through the beekeeper suit. That's this. Welcome That's to level six. Welcome to level six of Jumanji. I saw a photo online the other day of a woman who, I guess, had gotten stung by one, and it looked pretty painful. Obviously, um, he said, in terms of local eventual infiltration, city green spaces in outer boroughs are the most likely places. All it takes is a few hornets, and you've got a colony. He said. Uh, he's worried about like the Bronx Botanical Gardens. Okay, so there. Yeah, I forgot about that kind of stuff there. Okay, yeah, all right, maybe you do kind of need that. Uh, parks in general would be an attractive to the giant hornet, although you won't find them in very urban spots such as Manhattan because they tend to uh, nest in the ground or burrow in rotted wood. Ugh. Uh, either way, it's what they say now. Carnivorous insect is here to stay in the U.S. He said it's over. We can expect them to be everywhere uh, on the continent within time. It's done deal. He said. Shut it down. Everything down. We got murder hornets here. Yeah, this was one. Shut it down. This is one sign of the apocalypse uh, that we got over the over the weekend. I'll give you another one. All right. Uh, this is personal. I was standing on a tee box uh, this weekend, and there's like you know there were a bunch of different guys playing golf, and I was playing with some dudes I didn't know, you know, and I was being introduced or whatever. This guy looks at me and he goes, "You got kids, man?" Because they, you know, they were all talking about their kids and stuff, right? I was like, "Nah, man. You know, I, you know, I, I never had mine." And then immediately. I just started going into, but you know, my girlfriend's got two and they're just like the greatest <laughs> thing in the world. And like, I got to tell you, man, like everybody was right. Kids are just the best. And like, I really wish I would have got around this sooner. I was like, they're so happy. And, so, and the guy visibly early on was like, dude, just shut the F up about this. <laughs> like, dude, shut up. I'm never going to meet these kids. I don't care. Why are you still telling me about what it was like to go see a play a year ago? Why am I hearing about this, right? So and, good. And I could see it all over his face. And then I thought to myself, so what? You people do this to me all the time. Talk to me about stuff I don't care about. And I just kept <laughs> melting his ear off, dude. I just kept going. Here's what's next on the Stansberry Show. Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com is what's next. He'll tell me why I'm dead-ass wrong about everything on the last dance documentary surrounding the 90s Bulls. Also, talk to him about the NFL schedule coming out, and they're saying, we ain't changing nothing, bruh. Get ready. We're playing games. Love it. Talk to him about all of it. Also, give you a keyword worth $1,000. That's next on the Stansberry Show. 6 9 Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 1010, another keyword worth $1,000. Pass that out. We do it every Monday at 9. We talk to my buddy Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. You can find Scott at the website, WaitingForNextYear.com. Also on Twitter, at WFNYScott. 
And, buddy, I uh, I know through following you uh, on your Twitter account and by uh, texting with you a little bit back and forth uh, over the last few uh, Sundays and the like that you've been keeping up with the Last Dance documentary on ESPN about, uh, you know, Michael Jordan and the 90s Bulls. So I'm assuming you did watch both episodes last night? Oh, of course, certainly. Yeah. I, um, I, I did see one of your tweets, and you uh, really got honed in on that first version of the Dream Team. And, you know, I had forgotten. I mean, don't get me wrong. I remembered it was a thing. I remembered that they won, and I remembered that they were great, and there was a lot of that. But I got a little guilty of getting carried away of, like, forgetting about how wrapped up in all that we were back then and my age and being like, man, this is the coolest thing ever. And, dude, Magic and Mike together. Oh, my God. And, like, there was a lot of that. And you really touched on that in your tweet last night. I was like, dude, he's kind of right. Like, I'm kind of, like... I'm forgetting about what a big. Mo- I remember begging my parents for a USA Basketball T-shirt, and like, I mean, like that moment in time really did help Mike, the NBA, and and all of us, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was weirdly timed in like kind of that passing of the torch. Clearly, I mean, they depicted a little bit of it last night. the The Ken Burns documentary talks about it a little bit too, where you know the NBA was Magic and Bur- or Magic and Larry. For for a long time, long time yeah, you know, yeah. you know, and and yes, clearly the Pistons were in there as as the last dance, um, you know, depicts in the earlier earlier, uh, you know, issues of it. But the but it was it was Michael really taking that baton, and and then you know clearly the way that they just dominated the world, um, you know, after the, after you know Soviet Union won in eighty eight. You know, I think that was it. Like that was like the right. U.S. was done. Enough is enough. You know, you know, throwing the you know the college kids in there and said, you know, we have the best basketball players in the world in our country. Why aren't they representing us? And then they, you know, they got they got the group together and they just steamrolled everybody. But it was it really was the, you know, the the Michael show, um, you know, his kind of coming out party for lack of a better term. Even though he had already been in the league for for eight years, eight years at that right, point. Yeah. Um, you know, I think people forget, forget that part, um, you know, especially when we, you know, lump these ridiculous expectations on 19 year olds today, um, you know, heaven forbid, you know, you know, Zion not, not dominate the second he walks onto an NBA floor, it's fair but, uh, you know, it, it, you know, but the, 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 the 92 dream team was, was just awesome, you know, top down, but, you know, from a, from Michael's purview. It was. It really was his taking that baton and just running with it for for what felt like the next decade. I'm going to stick with the '92 Dream Team here for a second because this is. I, I started the show out with this early, and people are are on me about making too much out of it. But I got to tell you, dude, him covering up the Reebok logo with the American flag to protect his commerce, kind of ugly, right? A little ugly. Eh. I I I, I, I would knew it. I knew it. I was like, that. he always hangs me out to dry, dude. He always hangs me out to dry. I knew it. I knew it. No, I said I um, said this morning. I was like, wait till nine when Scott tells me I'm wrong. By the way, I did. I very much said that. You're not, you're not wrong as much as I Thank mean you. that. Thank you. That, that's how I mean. You're not wrong as much as I don't know if I would waste a ton of airtime on it. It was. It, it was. It. I mean, you know they. They they talked about it early on in the in the what was it so there was the fifth episode yeah. last night, um, you know we talk about these guys now and their brands and things like that. I mean Michael started, um, you know they they talked about oh you want to make him a tennis player you want to make him an individual and his agent said hell yeah I want to make him an individual, right. 
And then, then you, then you had, you know, David Robinson had his own Nike commercial and Scotty Pippen is, you know, you know, representing right guard deodorant. And, you know, suddenly you have all of these individuals, you know, getting to be themselves. And that's why the NBA is the way it is today. And I, I would suspect if even more, I think you'd have even more guys today draping the, the flag over their logos if they were. I mean, if you, Duck tape and I'm fine. some, some the of these guys are like. getting, getting paid more from their, you know, their endorsement deals than they are to play the game. I, and, and that's when that's the case, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to drape whatever you can over your over your logo to, to protect it. I'm going to let Tony get in here with a question, but quickly before I do, I, I don't disagree that I think guys would make the attempt, and if it was duct tape, I think I'd be fine with it. Using the flag to cover it up, wrapping yourself, I, I, I likened it earlier this morning to Stolen Valor. There's a little bit like, dude, don't run to the patriotism to unless it's, all in there. Now, I, I did say this. A flag draped around Michael Jordan after after a gold medal win is great TV. I mean, I'm not going to argue that. That is good TV optics. Tony's like dying to get a question here. I got to let him gas. No, you could, I just want to switch gears over to the NFL because they are supposedly releasing their schedule this week and they're saying no changes. They're not, they're not doing the... Suck it, Adam Silver! Exactly. They're going no changes. Scott, are you seeing fans in this... What do you think happens at the beginning of the season? We're going to be playing an empty stadium Will the fans be there? I I suspect the NFL is going to continue to march on as if nothing is going wrong or differently until it impacts them. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, you're you're it's like concerts and all this stuff. They're they're postponing them, right? They're right. not canceling them and refunding people um, because the, the second you cancel things or change dates, the the second you have to really start moving financials around and how you're paying players and how you're compensating, you know, employees and how fans have to pay you for tickets and things along those lines. So I, the logistics factor is going to keep the NFL moving on as if everything is going to be fine. Now I'm saying that it's going to be fine until it isn't. So if we, if we march into August and and we're still still not, and we're still, and we're still not clear for, um, you know, settings that would be considered normal, then I would suspect the NFL will do something. Um, you know, with, with the, the season not necessarily starting, you know, game-wise until the second or third week of August, um, with training camps not really starting until the end of July. Now, I think you, you know, the three of us know that that's a lot closer than it sounds. Yes. But, 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 but that said, until they get there, I would suspect that they're just going to continue on. You know, the, the hard part is you have the NBA is still technically in the middle of their season, and they don't know what to do. And baseball is, again, as we've, as we've joked for the last couple of weeks, it's just waiting for someone else to do something before they do it. Um, you, know, so they're, you know, so they're just kind of waiting. So the NFL has a bit of a leisure where they can kind of just wait this thing out until, until, they're, until their hand is forced. Yeah, I um, and and I think that's a little bit of what they're doing. Although I do think that they are going to try to go on as much as business as uh, normal, if, if at all possible. I have made the claim. I believe fans will be in an in NFL stadiums this year. I would not bet money on Week One. Although I do think before the season's out, you are in fact watching games live in person with the NFL. Before I let you go, we're talking to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Again, the site is WaitingForNextYear.com. His Twitter handle is at WFNYScott. I want to just real quickly go back to this 90s Bulls documentary, The Last Dance. 
They touched a lot last night on Michael Jordan's gambling. And I made the argument this morning, Scott, that it's like, dude, don't tell me it's not a problem because the guy can afford to gamble. Um, you know, why do I have to wait until he can't to be like, you know, that behavior not, might not be the most healthy, you know, thing for you to do. And a lot of people are like, you know, him gambling 10000 is like you gambling ten, And yet people call me stupid when I take $10 out of my pocket and gamble with it. So, like, you know, I, I, th- th- there's a little bit of the excusing the way the behavior because, well, if he's rich, he's got to be smart. And um, so I, I just want to ask you this question. Do you believe him that he never gambled on himself as far as terms of, like, NBA basketball goes? Dollars, yes. Um, okay. I, 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 do, I, I do not believe that he gambled dollars. On, on games that he played in or, or NBA contests like that. Um, do I think he gambled on himself in terms of some of the business decisions he made and, and, you know, being able to make money from them or something like that, you know, like kind of the tried and true gambling on yourself thing? Yes. Yeah, I do think he, he did that. But in terms of betting on things, no, I, do, I, 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 I believe he did not do that. You don't think there's any chance that on a Wednesday night against the Bullets, <laughs> you know, he was like, dude, how the hell am I going to get geared up for this? Oh, I know. I'll put the summer home on it. And, like, you know, you don't think maybe there's a possibility of that? I, I mean, I guess it's possible. Um, Him and Tim Donahue got together. I think his, I think his, you know, he did the the casinos and he he did the, the golf course. I mean, that was his that was his big thing. I mean, a, a, a buddy of mine did did summer uh, assistant pro work in, at a at a country club in in Chicago, and it was it was almost daily. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. and this is well at well after his playing days, but. I, I think that I think that was his outlet. I just I don't think you know. I think there was a sanctity of sorts to the NBA game that you know. Why, I, I want to believe that he did, he would not have have done that. Well, you know, I the, my, you know my too, my but... big takeaway through that whole thing was I mean, and he talked about it. I mean, he had to be infallible as a as a professional and as a person. It's an and that was the sure and that yeah. was and that was and that was the one thing that people were able to get him on. Um, you know, in terms of being kind of a. You know, a dent in his armor of sorts. So Absolutely it was, uh, true. That is know, true. We're trying, just trying to figure out the depths of it. You know, and clearly there were ties to the ninety four, ninety five um, disappearance. You know, there's a ton of rumors in terms of you know gambling having to do something with that. But I, I, you know, I want to believe you know, as, a, as a fan of Jordan and of the game that that did not take place. We're talking to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Find him on Twitter at WFNY. Scott, and I'll, uh, I, I don't have a, another question, but I'll, I'll leave you with this statement. I, my favorite part of those episodes last night is he's trying to get out of the facility because he's got a tea time at 3.30, and Scotty stops to answer questions, and he runs up on the bus and starts honking the horn so they can't get Scotty's answer. <laughs> Because my man trying to get to the golf course to make that 3.30 tea time, and I thought to myself, I finally understand Twitter because this Jordan scene is my whole mood. This is my whole mood. I absolutely love that out of him last night, being a golf fanatic myself. That's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. He'll join us again next Monday at 9. Buddy, thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Always, guys. Take care. Talk to you again next week. All right. So we have more stuff to get to. Here's what's next on the Stansberry Show. Oklahoma had an order. You must wear face masks to go into retail outlets. And sure enough, the humans ruined it. And we had, we had to walk it back. Oklahoma has to reverse course. We'll explain it all next right here on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. I want to thank Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Joining us every Monday at 9. He was pretty good this morning. Uh, and again, hung me out the drive with uh, Michael Jordan hanging the flag over the uh, Reebok logo so he can continue to make money. It's just, dude, using the flag like that. I just was shocked by that. Different time, buddy. It's a different time. Yeah. 
Like imagine, imagine LeBron James doing that because he's wearing Adidas stuff. Imagine Jay, just not even LeBron because LeBron. Well, you, you know how really the times have changed is they wouldn't make LeBron do it. Well, there's that too. They would just be like, dude, don't make this a story. Just fine, LeBron. Like that's well, what would happen now. Here's the thing, you. It, I go back to Kawhi Leonard taking off the uh, the Gatorade drink at a press conference because they didn't pay him. And somebody goes, why'd you take that down? He goes, Gatorade didn't they pay me. They weren't paying me. All right. Yeah. I uh, Again, I I think the difference is in the product. You know what I mean? There, there's a difference between removing a sports drink yeah. versus using the American flag. Oh, yeah, but Mike went, Mike went. well, they can't get mad at me because it's the American flag. I'm looking to be patriotic here. Yeah, yeah. being patriotic with the Olympic team. I love America. See, but that's the point. That's my that's my thing is, why is that not the conversation? It's like, dude, he went to that to because use he's Mike. you. We, we got used. It's Mike. Mike could do that. Mike, Mike was the closest thing to somebody walking on water we've seen in a long time. That it, okay, that's true. I mean, Mike. That's why. I, all right. You're right. That, I just don't think that's a good reason. Mike could be out gambling 2 o'clock in the morning before a, a playoff game, and it's like, yeah, it's Mike. Remember when the New York football giants went on that boating trip a week before their playoff game and they got crushed well, for it? Sure. There so, is one major difference in those two things. Mike won. That's true, but you it's, I mean? it's kind of like one went out and did it, and we were like, yeah, that's Mike. And then the, the, yes. the, the other team was like, wait, you can't go. Tony Greatness. Romo. Tony, yes. Yeah, Tony Romo got crushed for going oh, on that. Oh, yeah, but Jessica Simpson, he right? He went down to Mexico on his bye week before the playoff game. He should be at it. Mike was okay, but one is Mike, and the other is everyone else. To be fair, Mike Francesca, Francesca, however the hell Whatever. you say that, was killing him. And said, what it shows me is a lack of determination or dedication to win a third straight title. Now they ended up going on and winning the title, so it goes to show you what Mike knew in there in that moment. But so some of these, you know, we didn't criticize. I mean, some of, I mean, people were criticizing those decisions, right. but not quite at the level we do now. And again, welcome to people having more time to fill and things like Did, that. Exactly. ESPN's got first take. You it, got you 10 got, shows to you do. You got Undisputed, Parting all those shows. So the mask thing now with COVID. All right. Um, I remember two months ago, it was the medical community was laughing at people who were buying masks. They said, what are you guys doing? It's not going to help anything. And then a month and a half later, hey, you know, honestly, kind of botched that. You should probably put that mask on. Redo. And I remember saying last week, I said, you know, I've been having this conversation with a bunch of people and people ask me, what do I think? The wearing the mask thing now is CYA territory. This is cover your ass. They know they want to start getting people back into the offices, and they told you for two months if they did, you'd die. And so what you're going to do is go, well, wait a minute. Nothing changed. Why now? Well, because we're going to have you wear masks. I mean, it's just like having a pair of like tidy whities over your face, and if you fart, and you know what I mean? Like, but, yeah. but, but for some reason, it'll be fine, right? And it's like, this is cover your ass territory now. And I'm fine with that. I get it. I, uh, I'm i in a business where you have to cover your ass quite a bit. And so, like, I understand how that happens, right? But that's what it is. I, I think it's less about, you know, my safety, your safety, and this and that versus, like, well, we better tell them something. Right. <laughs> right? If and we're like, going to open these stores, we got to tell them to wear a face mask. We got to tell them something, right? And so now it's all, you know, people are shaming each other now if you're not wearing a mask in public and this and that. And I've said about the mask that unless you make it a requirement, I'm not going to do it. Now, I want to say what it is I really mean right here, given the severity of this issue. This is not a I am looking to be defiant. This is not a I am looking at you. If you think masks work, haha, I don't. You're dumb. I'm right. That's not what it is. It's just a reality of who I am as a person. I'm lazy. I'm forgetful. 
I'd have the thing in my pocket, forget to put it on. I'd have it around my neck walking through the score. Oh, I'm walking by. I should pull this thing up. I'm just going to forget. I'm not going to do it unless you say, no, you're not allowed to enter here unless you have this thing on. As a matter of fact, I walk through the exit. They're now doing one way in, one way out yeah. until you walk up there and they're like, no, 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 dude, don't walk all the way around. Just get in here. It's happened to me a couple of times at retail. <laughs> so, I mean, this is what I've been saying from the beginning. It's so half-assed. I went and bought a Xbox controller at like a big box store when this thing first kicked off when we were like going to do shutdowns. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, I feel guilty about that. Because I went there solely for that thing. I didn't go there to buy anything essential. I wanted a new Xbox controller because I wanted to be able to plug in my headphones and all that stuff. Just extravagance. Nothing else. And people were like, well, that place is open because, you know, they sell essential items. Yeah, but this wasn't in the bread aisle. Right. <laughs> like this was in the electronics department. What the hell are we talking about? Like this. And I've said time and time again, those stores are allowed open because they have enough power and influence to lobby Congress. Don't kid yourselves. It's not about the fact that they're essential. It's not even close. Do you know how many essential businesses, local stores, local people who sell toilet paper, sell soap and sell things? They ain't allowed to be open, but that place is. It's because of how many people work there, not because of what they sell. Stop arguing with me about this because, well, you're wrong. And so like, and or maybe you're right, but you're never going to convince me of that. Right. So uh, this is what it is. It's the money. I will, I'll go to my grave saying this it's the money because it's the only thing that matters don't kid yourself you can hug your kids tight i know love's so great money's what matters you're seeing it in action every single day you're seeing it in action money is what matters and so oklahoma kind of did this have to wear masks have to and i said to tony last week what happens when i go into the bank uh that's probably not good you can't wear a mask. Well, in the you're bank. not allowed in the bank now. You have to go through the drive-through and do just to speak to the teller that way. Okay. What if I drive through there with my face mask on? Again, probably not the best idea. Right. So there's people so who rob those places where pick masks. and choose where you yeah. have it on. Yeah. Pick and choose. So Oklahoma, a mayor of an Oklahoma city, had to amend emergency declaration requiring you and I to wear face masks while inside businesses. Oh. Because store employees ended up getting threatened with violence. Jeez. Stillwater Mayor Will Joyce announced the change this last Friday, less than 24 hours after he put it into place. In the short time beginning on May 1st, 2020, that face coverings have been required for entry into stores and restaurants, store employees have been threatened with physical violence and showered with verbal abuse. I can't believe the state that gave us Joe Exotic and Tiger King could screw this up. <laughs> you know, I never even put the Oklahoma thing What's into it. What's going on out here? <laughs> You can't wear a mask in the store. Dude, I never thought of it. Like, come on. Joyce said in a series of tweets that he expected some pushback, obviously, on requiring those face masks, but did not think there would be physical confrontations with employees and threatening phone calls to City Hall. Yeah, you should have, though, a little bit. And here's the thing. Easy to forget, but Tony was touching on this a few weeks ago. What that is, is not expecting that is... They're showing you how out of touch with you they really are. These people don't understand how pushed you are financially right now. Mm -hmm. They don't get it. See, we're going to hear this story go, America, and and make it about dummies. It's true. I'm not arguing. Yes. That's true. I'm not arguing that what they did was right. Right. But they were pushed to this. People don't know when they're going back to work. Newsflash for a lot of you. You're not. I keep saying this. You're all waiting to go back to these jobs. So many of them aren't going to be there for you. 
Which sucks. I read another story earlier today where multiple companies have said, you know, moving forward, we kind of like this no office thing. And in it, the CEO says, we're listening to our people. And they're saying they don't want to have to come into the office anymore. Don't you dare. And I mean, don't you dare let these CEOs off the hook on this now. Don't you dare let them get away with not having to pay for a building and make you think that you want to work at your house. All this is is cost cutting. Don't you let them get away with that and pretend that they're doing it for you because they ain't. But they're that's how never they're going to sell it. Exactly. They're going to sell they're it gonna, as this is your quality of life. They're going to sell you on saving millions of dollars as they're trying to help you so you can be at home more with your family. You think they care about that? When? All of a sudden, the big just care machine fell out of the sky and hit him in the head? <laughs> that's what happened? The niceness stick just fell out of the tree? Come on. Nobody cares about you. Come on. Like, don't let them get away with that now. I've said, I bet radio looks into it. Microphones are 500 bucks. <laughs> a thing is like this. Go spend 1500 if you still want to be on the air next year. I swear to God, I think it happens. I think at-home offices are a nightmare. I think there's something about getting up, getting dressed, and going, and being around other people that holds you accountable to what your job is. I've said this about, this meeting could have been an email. Meanwhile, dude, the corporate structure is crumbling around us. You know why? Because we turn meetings into emails. It's Stop. Being in the same room with somebody, hold... But we don't have to be in the same room now, Stansberry. We have Zoom. I'm going to pull the curtain back just a little bit. There's a woman who I work with who creates more stress for me than any other human being I've ever met in my life. I don't speak to her for four days on end. But every Friday at 3.30, she's got a problem that has to be dropped in my lap while I'm at home trying to enjoy my life. Now, all of a sudden, it's massively important I help her. You know why? Because nobody's ever in the same room with her. She doesn't have to look me in the eye and be like in front of other people and say, you know what? I am sorry I dropped that ball. I am so sorry I screwed this up. I am sorry. Nobody's afraid anymore because they don't have to stand at the front of the class and be like, oh my God, I'm not prepared for my book report. So I don't think going down further that rabbit hole. Now, so many of you are going, dude, I can work from home easy. Maybe you can. Maybe your position, you can. A lot of you can. As a matter of fact, if you own your business, you've already shown me you can. The reality is most people are not self-starters. They're not. They kind of have to be whipped. They kind of have to be pushed. They kind of, what did Michael Jordan say in that documentary? I needed guys to play the way I needed them to play. So I pushed. I stuck my finger on the side. I'd ride you because I needed to get the best out of you. I believe that the office place does that. I believe it works. And I think so. I, I don't let them get away with that. We're going to do this for you thing. Because no, they're not. They're doing it to save the money. Because again, that's what really matters. And then they'll find out and then they'll figure out, oh, well, while we're saving the money of not having you here, let's just not pay you at all. But imagine not knowing that if you take 17 million jobs away from Americans inside of 35 days, that there wasn't going to be some violent pushback when they now have to be afraid of the person at the checkout counter. And then they don't have to wear masks, so they don't even have to show their face. They're like a walking Facebook comment. They can get away with anything yeah. they're doing because you've given them a place to hide. Look, and I get it. Everybody's trying to go do a reaction. Everybody's just trying. Look, I'm doing it. Look, I'm doing the thing. We're, not, we're no longer stopping and thinking, am I doing the right thing? Doesn't matter. I'm doing a thing. Here's what's next on The Stansberry Show. We have another keyword, Tony and I do. It's worth a thousand bucks. That's worth sticking around. Grab it off of us at 1010 this morning, right here on the Stansberry Show. It's not. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 1069. Got a keyword worth one thousand bucks. 
passed that out at 10.10. I do want to make people aware of this. Uh, I was asked to, but I also think it's massively important. Um, my boss sent this to me the other day, and uh, the reminder is to, uh, well, the, the actually the cutoff is tomorrow to do this. So if you have not filed a tax return this last year, and you have kids under the age of 17, you got to act now to get that ex- uh, that additional $500 economic impact payment per your child. Uh, a lot of people need this money. Most of us, right? And so make sure to get this done by tomorrow, May 5th, to get your payment within this year. Super easy, they claim. Go to irs.gov and enter your information in the non-filer tool. And again, Tony, parents have to do this by tomorrow, May 5th. And that's why we're out there urging everybody to get that done because... Don't miss out on that. I got to imagine. Most people, I mean, I know there uh, there are more and more ideas being floated on um, some other stimulus check type options out there uh, that, that people are talking about. And uh, and I wonder if that's one of the reasons why more and more states are like, you know, let's get this thing opened up. I uh, And, and you, money's going to motivate that. I mean, as the money's what matters guy, and that's who I am, I uh, of course that's going to motivate that. And I should say this, as I do believe, yeah, we're probably ready to start rolling some things open. Um, is the, Not everything, okay? Um, but money is absolutely going to make us act maybe faster than we should. Mm-hmm. I can admit that, all right? I also saw this over the weekend, and I'm cur- I, I'd be curious to hear from a medical professional. See, we can't open up. We just had the deadliest day in America for the deaths of, of COVID. I thought it was like 3,000 in a day or something, right? It was a terrible number, yeah. It was a terrible number. And I thought to myself... Yeah, but they didn't contract it in the last 36 hours. We just opened everything up, though. That's at the that's tail. True. That's at the tail end of it. So they've had it for two months, and now that now that's what's happening. So that doesn't just because we had a high high death number the other day doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to spike when we open back up. These are people who have had it for a while. This isn't. We, don't worry about what the death rate was that day. What's the contr- what, what? How fast are we still contracting it? How fast are people still getting? That's the number you got to look at. The death rate's going to be the big number, and that and it's a terrible number because that's what people are going it, because it sells right. Blood on if the it, track sells. If it bleeds, it leads. But if but if we're not contracting it as fast as we once were, that's this and that. That's when you can start to look at like, okay, are we ready to move forward? People who have already been in a sick bed losing the battle to it, I don't think is a good indicator to whether or not I can open a restaurant next week. Now, I said this is one of the reasons why I'd like to hear from a medical professional. I'm curious as to what I just said, whether or not it makes sense or not. I think it does. But, of course, you think what you think makes sense, too. That's how we right. all are. I mean, that's literally how we all are. I, um, all right. If a restaurant was open tonight, you going? Tonight? Oh, I'm by myself today, so, yeah, I'd probably go. So you would go, but you're like, ah, maybe not my kids. Yeah, I wouldn't take the kids. Okay, see, now that, I think, is about how I bet what most people are, which is we're probably all right, but I ain't risking it with my kids' life. Right. Which like- I think is... That's probably right. I'm not going to take my kids there, but, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, think I would be okay if it were just me. NFL game in town tonight. You going? Ooh. Probably not. I mean, I think I'd have to. I played golf yesterday, and people were like, did you wipe the cart down? And literally, I didn't. No. What? Uh, a guy was jumping out of it, and it was like, dude, you can either wait 20 minutes, or you can take that one right there. All right, I guess I'm teeing off right now. <laughs> See you later. And I said, look, I'm just, I'm dumb like that. I am. I'm risky like that. I'm egotistically American like that. That would be like pre-corona activity then. Like how often? That's would, exactly right. You know, 
Like, you see all these people wiping shopping carts and everything else down. You Oh, you mean the stuff that should have been taking place before all of this? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of agree with that take there. And again, it's like, dude, if you can have a thousand people in that retail outlet, then I don't know why I can't put 50 people in a local bar. I, I just, it makes no sense to me. Here's what's next on the Stansberry Show. Well, a keyword that's worth a thousand bucks. You want to pay your mortgage? Of course not. That's why I'm going to do it. That's why Rock 106.9 is going to do it. And you're going to get your keyword right here at 1010 next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Have a keyword worth one thousand bucks. We'll pass that out momentarily. Tony literally just hit me up with this piece of information. The NFL lost a legend. Uh, according to Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald, he's been there for like 27 years, so I guess he's credible, uh, the Dolphins Hall of Fame coach Don Shula passed away this morning at the age of 90. Man, I uh, I mean, Don was one of the faces of the NFL when I was growing up as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, you just, whether you liked the game or not, you knew Shula. He just, you know, had that look and, you know, the 72 thing mm-hmm. there and he had Marino and, like, there was a lot going on there. And um, and then, obviously, dude, he worked his magic with the restaurants, which were great. Right. I mean, they were great. Um, so that's sad. I mean, look, he's 90, you know what I mean? And I, 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 have a, I tend to have a rule on um, celebrity death on the program. I try not to go overboard about stuff I don't. I don't want to say I don't care about it because that just sounds mean. I don't mean to be disrespectful. I don't want to see anybody lose their life. But I'm not such a Shula fan that I kind of feel like I got to go overboard. But I remember I started to walk that back a little bit not that long ago because I find social media so negative, Tony, that I want to stop crapping all over everybody. Yeah, that's what Twitter's for. Well, I want to stop doing that when people are being appreciative of something. Like, I wish it didn't, I wish it wasn't death. But at least people are appreciative of the contribution that person made to their lives in that moment. I feel like we're losing appreciation of all things. And again, I make this argument. I think it's because every record that's ever been released is in your pocket now. Right. Every movie you want, right there. You can kind of pick it, press pause, go to the bathroom. Doesn't matter. And like there's whole pickup and I'll come back to it, stream it later. You know, time delayed viewing and streaming. It just, it makes everything less special. And so when I see people being appreciative of something, I, I kind of want to fight against what my normal tendency is, which is, oh, shut up. You know what I mean? Like, which well, that, that, it's, it's one of those deals where it's like, oh, shut up until it's something that kind of affects you. And, oh, yeah. You know, and then it's like, oh, and that sucks. Yeah, when so. Paul Stanley dies, I'm going to cry my eyes out in here, I would imagine. I, I don't know why I would, but I mean, you know what I mean? It's going to be kiss all morning. I mean, the guy's almost 80 already. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know what I'd be, you know, so concerned about. But it's just, it's interesting how people look back on, in your have a, an appreciation for Don Shula's life, considering all the stuff that he is he he's done for the NFL. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't think it could be overstated, right? And it's again, crazy. Marino and him together. I mean, I was so. I mean, I know they never won the Super Bowl, but like. I mean, people forget how good Dan Marino was. Like, people forget how good that guy. You know, it really is unfortunate what championships have done. To yeah, legacy. You, can, you can only be great if you have championships, and it's like, well, that's not true. Like again, with the Last Dance documentary on ESPN. You know, one of the things I saw this morning on social media, which I liked, is Charles Barkley's getting a lot of love this morning. Like, a lot of people were like, "Dude, I forgot how good Chuck was, dude." Like, because people think, "Oh, you're just an idiot on TV." It's like, no, dude, Chuck got that job because he was good. Like, Chuck and, was hella good. And don't, don't get me wrong, he's a wildly entertaining television. Well, I mean, that helps. That definitely helps. But part of the reason he got the offer is because he was good. Chuck was dominant. Like. And again, that word normally gets reserved for title winners, but 
But that's the one thing that always gets thrown back in Charles's face. You didn't like, want to face Chuck, though. You didn't want to, but you look back at Chuck and you go, yeah, yeah, all this stuff, but where's your championship? And it's like, well, dude, seriously? Yeah, this is, uh, today is, we talked about this a couple of times earlier. We played Ohio uh, by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, 50th um, anniversary of uh, the tragedy at Kent State. It is also the 8th anniversary of another loss we've had. Mm-hmm. We'll address that. And uh, we will use that artist as our walk-off. Okay. After we hook you up with this $1,000 keyword right now.